What's up, fine folks? Welcome to episode 36 of Double Tapped. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. I deliberately concealed today's beverages from Tanner. I'm getting poisoned. Just as a preface, I've I've got two business degrees, (laughs) but I am a victim of marketing strategy. Oh, yeah, of course. We all are. It's it's hot. We're in the midst of a legitimate heat wave. Yeah. So when I see something like this in the midst of summer, I got to buy it. So this is Loverboy Sparkling Hard Tea. Whoa, okay. A very It's still a brew, you know? Interesting. Love All a right. good brew. Yeah. But I was like, this is the most summery looking thing I've ever like, seen in my life. I like the can. It sounds very refreshing. It's called Lemon Boy. I no, love Lover a slim Boy, can. Sorry, not Lemon Boy. I do, I do like a slim can. Uh... Oh man, there's no there's no fun descriptor. No blurb. It does say kissed with ginger though. Unless so there's a blurb on the box. Oh, there might be. There might be a, blo- a box blurb. A, bl- a blocks. A blurb. Only- on the back maybe. Here we are playing Rubik's cube with yeah, this box. I don't see any blurb. Yeah, I don't either. Beyond the simple yeah. slogan: "Good times, no regrets." <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful thing to have on your alcohol product. Yes. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You drew that out oh, I just, really I just, long. I just cut my nails, so it's hard to get. Oh, sorry, it's hard to get grip. Okay. okay. Oh. Oh. They're way more gingery than I expected. They are. You're right. I knew it wouldn't be sweet because it's mm. akin to a seltzer. There's like no sugar. It's yeah, only no ninety calories. It's good. But for summary, when I'm looking for something very light, this would be very nice. Yeah, it's pretty refreshing. And I really like tea. I do too, man. So. Well, Tanner, what you've been playing recently, uh, and I know you, I know what you've been playing. One thing yeah, you told that, me that's the only thing <laughs> I've been playing. Elden Ring, uh, yeah. So I sent Jay a text last night. The only thing he knows is that I said I've turned a corner on it. Uh, so I think I was overestimating hours slightly the last time we talked. Uh, I think I was closer to like twenty five hours sure. then, because now I'm at forty two hours. I checked uh, at the last save. Interesting. So I have been streaming a lot more regularly since we basically since we got back, and. Uh, have really just gotten into this game in another level. Yeah. So I think my complaints or my critiques or whatever last time, I think were valid. But as I said, when I was critiquing it, I was like, I'm open to the possibility that this will change mm-hmm. because if, if you, if you haven't caught the last few episodes, like my, my struggle with Elden Ring was that the bosses were duplicates a lot, uh, that I kept running into the same kind of bosses and that I sort of had a lack of direction. Mm. Uh, so a lot of those problems have been solved. So the first one was solved with the fact, the, the lack of uh, different boss fights. Mm-hmm. Are you still jamming to the Pantera song? No, not, well, maybe a little I, bit. I see it kind of like bopping <laughs> out the side of my head, uh, side of my view. But so I <laughs> completely lost my train of thought. I, boss variety. Yes, boss variety has improved a lot, which I knew it would. I was just getting really unlucky, I think, with where I was deciding to explore. Yeah. Um, like people told me that have played the game and, and are like there to help me out if I need it have said that I maybe saw more duplicates than most people ever have mm-hmm. that early on in the game. Like I saw, I said that I saw maybe 20 bosses and 15 of them were duplicates or, you know, two or three of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I will try to talk not spoilery, but in a way that you will know what's going on. Sure. So I have done all of, so I basically asked, where should I go? Mm-hmm. I finally just like, put my pride aside and I asked chat, where should I go? And people directed me to the city, right? Sure. So I went there, 
tried to fight the tree guardian there guy who is very hard, very hard. and can one shot you. Yes, he can. Uh, so I backed off of him for a little bit because I felt under leveled to really fight him. And then I went to Volcano Manor. Oh. So I did all of Volcano. So since we've last spoken, I've done all of Volcano Manor. Including the boss of yes, Volcano Manor? Yes. I've okay. done all of the city. Uh, okay. I have done Margot. Yeah. And now I am. I've done the twin battle that's on like the bridge there. With the, it goes dark and you fight the oh, two twins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going towards the like royal or whatever, yeah. the divine tower. That was the last boss I did. Uh, and now I'm in like. I forget what they're called, like the Forbidden Land or... Forbidden Lands. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So I've done a lot. I've made a lot of progress, I feel like. So wait, let me just... You have not... This is a very explicit question. Yeah. You have not gone past the Forbidden Lands in Mm. any regard. I don't think so. I feel like you would know what I'm talking about, so that tells me that you haven't. Okay. Is that the area that's like you're in the clouds? Because I am in the clouds now. Like it's very foggy? Well... Well, yeah, that's the Forbidden Lands, but I feel like there's an area where you take an elevator up, and then you look out, and there's clouds everywhere. Is it snowy? I think so, yeah. The mountaintops? Yes, I think I ended there okay. last night. So you sort of entered the next Yes, area. I think I got to that, I literally got to that, like, touch point, sure. or uh, point, uh, site of grace, or whatever they call it, and stopped. That's a good... I, I think that's where I stopped That's last kind of night. my MO, too, is like, I've reached a new place, stop, when I come back, there's not a lot of pressure, and I can just explore. Right, exactly. Uh, so... I guess I can talk a little bit about the bosses. Uh, it, we're, we're several months removed from the release now. so Sure. And I think with Souls games, knowing the name of a boss doesn't Tells you do nothing. a thing. Tells you nothing. I, I heard I heard Rom the Vacuous Spider like 15 times before I played Bloodborne. Still was not prepared for Rom the Vacuous Spider. If you've never played Bloodborne and you hear that name, whatever you're picturing that boss looks like, it doesn't. It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just the word vacuous is so yeah. funny there. Anyway, so yeah, a little bit of a boss diatribe, I guess. Uh, I had, so I had done the, oh, I also went to the area that's like Midsummer. Oh yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> the village. Uh, yes. With yeah. like all the ladies with flower crowns. So I killed that Pope Apostle guy. The guy's dancing, the Godskin Apostle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Pope Apostle, Godskin Apostle. Uh, which is the easier version of a boss that I had gotten to, but was under leveled for in that big tower thing. There's a tower that you can like platform down. And then at the bottom, there's another Godskin Apostle. Okay. There were people who said that they didn't see it and had finished the game, so it's totally optional. Yeah, it's my, I might not have seen it. Um, but that is a harder version of the same boss. But I had tried to, like, stubborn my way through it, but I just didn't have enough health. Yeah. So I knew the other Godskin's fight style, so that was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So then when I went to Volcano Manor, there's the Godskin Noble. Disciple. Noble. I knew it was another religious term. Uh, who is basically the fat version of that guy. Uh, with that, but not slower. No, he's so, he's so much faster. <laughs> oh, he's so I think much I think faster. he's way faster. Uh, and the, the first time he did the attack, where he like balloons up and rolls yep. at you, I was like dying laughing. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so I did that fight. Fight took you know average souls length like 10, 12 deaths probably. Um, and then got to Rikon Ricard Ricard. Thank you, because there's somebody called Radon and Ricard, and I keep crossing those. I haven't seen Radon yet. Um, but, yeah, got to Ricard, which is this giant snake thing with a face on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it has a boss weapon. This was, so, way back when we originally talked about the game, Yeah, I told you that there were no real gimmicky bosses that I had encountered so far. Yeah. Ricard is, like, the closest one. But I like this fight because it's not just you find the weapon and you insta-kill him. 
Sure. It's just, this is the weapon you need to fight him, but it's still going to be hard. And it, like, is so... You don't have to level the weapon up. Right. You just get it and you're good. Yeah. It's pretty effective from the moment you pick it up. Yeah. The reason I don't like the Yorm fight is... A, I had never experienced a gimmick fight before, so I didn't know those were possible, and it really broke my brain that that was a thing. And B, once you find the weapon, if you you could kill him without the weapon, but it'd mm-hmm. take forever. Once you find the weapon, it makes the fight just like non-existent, and that sucked. Uh, with this, or even I, I feel like the Demon Souls one that was like all the, the mantises, yeah. yeah, that one was probably somewhere in the middle, but it was still pretty easy. This one's hard with the weapon. It is. It's a really solid fight without the, with the amount of health I had. I feel like I've been slightly under leveled everywhere I've been, but that's fine. Um, so yeah. Did that fight, took a while, mm-hmm. uh, but finished that, then went to the city, finally killed the tree guy, uh, which, it's funny they're called tree guardians when they're just knights on horses, Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of lore to that. Oh, so. interesting, okay. I mean, they're guarding the Erd trees, the Erd tree. so that but, makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, then did the city, which the city feels like the sort of... I, I feel like most open world games have one big location yeah and the city definitely feels like that that place is dense as hell it really is it took me like two hours just to get through the area like Mm -hmm. not get to a boss just exploring it trying to get to the next spot uh spot spot (laughs) or part but i say all this to talk about margot Mm -hmm. i'm saying that right is it margot is that morgot morgot okay yeah yeah. i i'm really bad about tracking names yeah well, so there's a running there was a running joke because there's a cutscene when you first get to him. Oh yeah, I didn't I fought like Ghost Godfrey too, but oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's real Godfrey. Um, so you you get to him and he pulls out this sword and the sword looks like an oil slick, like it's very it like rainbow luminescent. But I just said it was like a gamer sword, like he had <laughs> RGB on his sword, and so we keep calling him like the the gamer boss. Uh, I have some TikTok that I'll have to show you about that boss fight that I've been holding back from showing you. Okay, cool. Uh, it's probably my favorite fight so it's far. It's really good. It's so hard. There's so many attacks he does. Mm-hmm. Like most Souls bosses, and I guess we're just going long about Elden Ring. It's fine. Uh, it's a long game. Most Souls bosses roughly have like seven to nine attacks <clears throat> that you have to learn. Sure. Somewhere in that range. I feel like he has 20. He has so many different attacks because he's kind of a hybrid of all the bosses you've seen up until that point. Like he Somewhat. has the hammer. He has a big sword. He has range. He can rain down swords, yeah, which he's is got wild. Like environmental stuff. Yeah, he has whatever that like goo fire <laughs> stuff is. Um, but I finally beat him. It took me probably like 60, 70 deaths. I, it took me a while. Uh, but again, I was probably a little under leveled. Um but I like that's my favorite thing in these games is to just do a fight so often that you learn it like mm-hmm. the back of your hand. Like I love that. Um, it was not like unenjoyable at all. It probably only took in reality like two hours. Sure. So it's just it's just going in, going in, going in. Um, and that might have been a slight overestimate. But uh, I now have his sword. Oh. And I use his sword. Cool. And it's amazing. Yeah. I uh, it was one of those things too where I've picked up. So you have to. You can level your weapon with these items called smithing stones. For certain weapons, they're called somber smithing stones. I don't know really the difference, but... It's like legendary or boss weapons. That makes sense, yeah. It's just a different category of smithing stones. And I knew I had, like, somber smithing stones, a bunch of them, but Mm. I never had a somber smithing stone one to get it started. Uh (laughs) So I had to go find a one, and I found the... uh, Oh, isn't it... EG is his name? The big blacksmith guy? Yep. So I had someone guide me to him because they said he had one to buy. And so I bought the first one 
and then leveled it seven times. Yep. It was just like bing, 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 and now it's plus seven, and it shreds. I am I am just now. I put it last night as like this is the first time I feel like I've been on the offense of the, this mm. entire game, where I'm definitely now over leveled for certain areas. I probably not for the mountaintops, but going back and exploring like more of uh, Lyernia or like something like that. I'm definitely more powerful than I've been by quite a quite a leap. Uh, so, yeah, really loving it. Loving the boss variety. The fights have been awesome. The new areas have been great. I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm going to throw out some, again, so talking about how names don't really spoil things. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you if you've been to these places. Okay. Have you been to the Shaded Castle? Nope. Have you been to Caria Manor? Yes. That's in Lyernia. That's the place where uh, the doll is with the four hands, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Ronnie. Ronnie, yes. Um, yeah, that's sort of her And then you outpost. you basically, all I've done there, I literally got there last night after I found the blacksmith, uh, is that she's basically like, do you want to join me? You say yes. And then she's like, okay, go talk to my council. You yeah. talk to them, and now I have a quest for her. Yeah. Uh, um, did you encounter the most horrifying uh, enemy in all of video games at Carrier Manor? The hand? The hand. Yeah. The hands <laughs> oh, yeah. are fucking horrific. They're to look terrible. At. They're so they're these they're these crawling disembodied hands with about twenty fingers. And that's they just like they crawl like, like a spider. It reminds me of like the little bots that Sid would make in Toy Story. Uh, like yeah. it's got that sort yeah. of like just creepy What's the movie where there's just a hand crawling around? It's like an old like nineties well, like, bad horror movie or something, or like B movie. There's, well, there's one that's called, there's a poster for a movie called Diabolique that has a hand, but I think there's a hand in like the Adams Family, right? Or you might be the I monsters. I think you're right about that. It's one of those. I think it's a movie though that. Who's the guy? Oh, I'm blanking on his name. He was like a big, teeny bop actor in like the '90s. Uh, shit, I don't remember his name. Rob this, Lowe. No, 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 no. He's blonde. I would. It'll come to me eventually. Corey Feldman. No, Corey Haynes. Closer with that one, but I'd know. I'd know it if I heard it. He's friends Blonde. with Greg Miller. They've. T- oh, they've, James Vanderbeek. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is Greg friends with? And I think it's a Halloween movie. That I'm like referring to Halloween the franchise. No, like oh. a Halloween set. Oh, movie. oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> I'm gonna look it up. Mm-hmm. Idle Hands. Is that a thing? I don't know. I think that's a thing. I think that's the movie. Idle Hands. <laughs> Idle Hands movie. There's a movie in 1999 called Idle Hands, yes. Who's the star of it? Uh, Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. That's, that's right. who I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure. What the hell? This movie has Dude, a disembodied Seth, hand. Seth Green is in it. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, yeah, the poster is just a big hand. That that I think that's it. There's a kid holding his own head. <laughs> Well, never heard of this movie in my life. I'm not going to go out here and recommend Idle Hands. I've never seen it, but I feel like I've seen that clip. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to know the tagline? Of course I do. It's a '90s movie, so it had to have a tagline: "The comedy that gives horror films the backhand." What? <laughs> what does that mean? That's terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible tagline. Oh lord. Yeah, Elden Ring's fantastic. It I've, I've completely turned the corner on it, which is great. And you still got plenty of hours to pour in. Yes. Uh, even as far as you go, you go back to places and find new locations. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, one more question. Well, have you been to any of the rivers? Are those the underground areas? Yes. Yes, I've been to one of them. Okay. But I was way, I got to it probably like 10 hours in and got wrecked and I was like, can't be here. That's exactly and I what happened to me. Was it Siafra? 
I don't know. I have terrible memory with the names. <laughs> I just went down some random elevator early in the game. Yep, same here. In the middle of the woods, close to a big bear. <laughs> Sounds right. I was at. I've been to the bear area. Yeah, the bear area. I go down there and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, and there's like a separate map, and you're like, "Go what the for a hell? little while." And I'm like, nope. Yeah, turn back around. Yeah, that's what I think. I ran all the way through it. I tried to do that. I <laughs> and think then I, I got, got to a bonfire. And then tried to go a little further and started getting wrecked. And I was like, never mind. Yeah, I did the same thing. I've just been playing everybody's golf. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's on the plus, right? It's on the new plus. It is. I had it already. I yeah. highly recommend it. I think I, I recommended it our last proper episode. Yeah. Um, it's just fun, man. It's summer. It's golf season. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I've got so many of these games on my dashboard staring at me. Yeah. And I, you know what? I am the master of this PlayStation. I want to play everybody's <laughs> golf. So that's what I've been doing. It's very fun. And I downloaded it again and didn't re-upload my save. Mm. So I've been playing it from scratch because my old character golf? There you go. That's a golf joke that for is. everybody. Uh, my old character's name was Eagle Ass. <laughs> I remember that. That's uh, right. But then I just started a J character. Uh, right now was I've I got with a, you when you named that I character? I was playing it in our old apartment when we lived together. Because I, I remember us coming up with Eagle, Eagle Ass. Ass don't know why and similar to my i mean looks a lot like eagle ass used to look yeah which is a lot like me right but with a more emphasized mustache and it's just like five o'clock shadow plus mustache and sunglasses that was the eagle ass look okay new look same facial structure basically but also now i've got this like white and black argyle shirt Okay. And then a white hat with like a black thing on it. That's like a, if anybody knows who Sna- Sam Sneed is, it's like a Sam Sneed hat. <laughs> okay, Go- that's a golf reference for you. Um, just looks like a looks like a pool shark gotcha. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I get a little too much pleasure in. But <laughs> I'm also just wreck. I wreck the computers at everybody's golf. Like nice. I have to go to online, to, but then I get somewhat wrecked online. I'm pretty good, mm. but not the best. So I will say there's an there's one other game that I forgot to mention because okay. I've just been so focused on Elden Ring. Uh, I picked Binding of Isaac back oh, up. Oh, I always wanted to play it. It's great. Uh, it's you know more of the same of like the roguelite type thing. It's a top down sort of twin stick shooter, I mm-hmm. guess technically. Um, and the reason I picked it up, I was watching a stream and they were playing it, and I was like, that game seems like a good podcast game to go back to, and it is. It's great. Sure. Uh, I've just been doing runs in it. It's definitely like a hop in, play 30 minutes mm. kind of thing, but uh, really liking it. I, I'm sort of trophy hunting, not really in it. Uh, are you like me in the fact that you associate summer with video games? To a degree. Like, I feel like this is the season to just be playing yeah. a ton of shit. Oh, no, yeah, and I agree so with that. I love, I love this time period for video games. It's the time where I, like, feel less obligated to do other things. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, There's some there is a mental association. Like, I can play video games and not feel like I'm wasting my time. Right. Not that I ever really feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah, if that's you're doing kind of the association. Enjoy. Yeah. Anyway, on to the news. Yeah. Of which there are a few stories, but they're big. Okay. Uh, we never got to recap the state of play that happens uh, before the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Right. Which we will touch back on here in a second, even though if you want to see our full in-depth thoughts on that, you can watch our actual watch along. Yeah. As well as about a 20 minute long review after the fact. Both of those are up. Yep. But for the state of play, <clears throat> this write-up is on the PlayStation blog okay. uh, by Gillen McAllister. <laughs> That's a fake name. Uh, senior Specialist of Content Communications with SIE. I senior say all, Specialist? <laughs> I say all that because the tone of write-ups like these 
on the PlayStation blog mm. kind of makes me laugh because literally the first sentence is, what a show. <laughs> <laughs> they should always start every write-up with that. <laughs> and I'm not what even going to go into what the a show. little write-up here. I'm just going to scroll on down to the actual recap of everything that was discussed. Okay. First of which, Resident Evil 4 is coming to PS5 next year. So they are officially remaking Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Did you play Resident Evil 4 back I've, in the day? I've not played a Resident Evil game. <clears throat> I know that a lot of people, this is the one they were looking forward to. Yeah, this is, well, I know that, so the only experience I've ever had with Resident Evil was watching our next door neighbor play Resident Evil 1 when I was like five. Mm. Uh, that but, doesn't sound fun. No, it was, <laughs> it was terrifying. Uh, but I kind of liked it. But uh, Resident Evil 4, I think, is the one that like, became more of an action game. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a departure from the straight-up horror nature of the first three. So that's why I think people clamor for it. And it's it's definitely... I think that's the one most people say is their favorite, at least that I've heard. I know people love 1 and 2, and then 7 and 8 people really like, but of the middle bunch, I think 4 is probably the only one worth remastering. I know As someone was, who doesn't know. It might be hitting the right age gap, too, because I know that one hit right in the heart of, like, the GameCube Mm. So, in terms of age, that would be like our age people clamoring right. for some of those games. Right. So, next up, Street Fighter Six has been fully revealed. First details on new fighters coming to its roster, the drive system, world tour, and more. Good on you, fighting fans. <laughs> See, I, yeah. Enjoy. I, I don't care about Street Fighter. I never got into it. I'm a Mortal Kombat guy. Uh, I do know their logo is awful, though. Mm. Have you seen this? Where it's literally like bought off of... Like an Etsy type place. Wait, this is just specifically the Street Fighter Six logo. Yeah, or at least the I don't know if it's the I don't know if they've re-revealed the logo, but the original one that was just an SF and there's a little six in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy an SF lockup on like a design website for ten dollars, and it was the exact same thing. Interesting. So they completely cheaped out. It's hilarious. Hmm. It was the talk of the design community for a little bit. Final Fantasy Sixteen launches summer twenty twenty three. Good on you, Final Fantasy people. <laughs> yeah, it's a very much not for us uh, show so far, but that's okay. I mean, These like, are big those names, are big, big announcements, just yeah. not the ones that overlap with our interests so much. Sure, yeah, yeah. Similarly, Resident Evil Village is in development for PSVR two. Good on you, PSVR owners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that you could play all of seven in VR, and now they're doubling down. So they, I guess, the big curiosity for me is that there must be some sort of financial reason that like they must have seen a lot of VR players or people who bought it to play it exclusively on VR. I know if I had VR, I know there's a lot of the sort of middling little short experiences, Yeah, but I would be clamoring for a like full scale AAA game. And this seems like maybe the best option available. I was going to say, is this the biggest title that's on PSVR? I think arguably the original one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not Astro Bot. (laughs) Iron Man VR. Another option coming to PSVR 2, Horizon, Call of the Mountain. Yeah, so what is this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm. See, here's the thing. We kind of tune out VR uh, because we don't have it. But also it's like... <laughs> what? That was just a funny phrase, because we don't have it. <laughs> well, we don't. Uh, but I don't know anyone who does have PSVR. Not like, even either. through streaming, I don't know if it's ever come up. Which is kind of crazy. I've never seen a PSVR headset outside of the, the time Best Buy that we went, we went to. to Best Buy and randomly <laughs> tried it. I've never seen one in the wild. What was the game we played? Some sort of little fly through. I played the. You played the one that was like. 
the balancing. It, it like, was like, yeah, hole in the wall kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I played one that was more like a fly-through dogfighting space. Were those all... I feel like I have a sneeze coming. Were those all, like, just experiences made for that? I figure, or maybe they're just like... Or was that what the PlayStation World thing was? There was a oh, VR game know. called PSVR World, I want to say. And I wonder if that was all those little games. Maybe. Because it, right. it was a bunch of, like... There was one where you could, like, hit a ball with your yeah. head. I feel like there were, like, four options. Yeah, it was like a... it was. It was like a Connect Sports yeah. for VR. Yeah, and they like asked you like which one you want to do, and then they boot it up for you. Yeah. New weapons and bigger threats are promised for The Walking Dead: Saints and Sinners Chapter Two Retribution, which is in development for PSVR two so, as well. So that is a sequel. I guess. All right. <laughs> I don't have interest in any of these Walking Dead games. They all look like cheap bootleg knockoffs. Yeah. Maybe more than any other. IP that has recently been converted into a game. They remind me of <laughs> both a lot of the shovelware that was on Wii. Mm. Just like, here's a game. It ties in with this movie. It's not very good. Uh, and it also reminds me of like the Activision era of Spider-Man. Sure. Which is like, we got this IP. We're going to yeah. crank some game out. It'll make a couple of dollars. No Man's Sky will take flight on PSVR 2. It's already in PSVR 1, right? I so I don't think this is much of an announcement. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> nah. No Man's Sky's good, though. They fixed that game, and it's kind of incredible. Intriguing feline adventure Stray hey. launches this July as part of the new PlayStation Plus. Yeah, definitely going to play it now. So It I, looks kind of cool. It looks decent. It's, it, cute. it's a cute idea. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun like two-stream game. It'll be perfect. Marvel's Spider-Man is coming to PC. Yep. Uh, and it actually says series. Oh, Implication interesting. being maybe that... Miles is coming? I assume Miles will come. I doubt that they are saying that they're going to have Spider-Man 2 available day one At on launch, PC. Yeah. Eventually, probably. Yeah. But similar to God of War, similar to Horizon. It's funny how they're just <clears throat> trickling out their library on PC. Smart. I think it's a good strategy. Yeah. You get buzz every time. Skate parks turn into bullet-ridden combat arenas in futuristic Bloodsport Rollerdrome by Ali Ali World's creator. Oh, hey. I didn't see this. Me neither. I wonder if it looks good. We conscientiously objected to this state of play. <laughs> we even did, Even though this yeah. sounds kind of cool. It, it does sound interesting, yeah. Terrifying sci-fi horror The Callisto Protocol gets a full gameplay debut. <laughs> the Callisto Do you rec- I recall Protocol. this, the like first trailer for The Callisto Protocol. I no. want to say that it had pretty good like dev lineage behind it. Oh, interesting. Like okay. ex-devs from some former big name sure. horror franchise. But again... Not my cup of tea overall. Yeah. And it's called the Callisto Protocol. <laughs> Not as bad as Octopath Traveler, nothing, but it's, cl- it's close. Or Triangle Strategy. <laughs> Project Triangle Strategy. Uh, embark on a stunningly tranquil, world-changing adventure with Season, A Letter mm. to the Future. No. <laughs> the art style of that game is cool, though. Really? I don't I, recall this one. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I, I think I saw this on Twitter, and it's really pretty. I might be confusing it with something else, but. Interesting. Because I saw, there's a lot of those, like sort of vaguely titled games uh, that were part of that Wholesome Direct. Mm. And I think, I, I may be confusing it with one of those, but I think that's, I'm thinking of the right game. Delightful Foxy Adventure Tunic is coming to PlayStation later this year. Hell yeah, it is. Heard great things about Tunic. Yeah, I don't know if I'll, it's just, it's not confirmed for Plus, right? Uh, No. So it's on Game Pass, so I'll probably just play it on PC, because I think it might be my next game after Elden Ring, but. You got scooped, PlayStation. Yeah, but uh, I do want to try it out, and if it's on Plus, I'll wait. And last but not least, Dating Sim meets action adventure in Eternites. So this is sort of like Boyfriend Dungeon, I think. Okay. I don't know. If I it's, believe it. I don't know if it's the same devs, <laughs> but uh, I really want to try Boyfriend Dungeon. It looks hilarious. I saw like a little, 
maybe it was just a screenshot from Boyfriend Dungeon the other day, and I was like, I had a weird deja vu moment. Okay. Of like, I feel like I remember playing some sort of like high school sim dating-y kind of game on like my phone like 15 years ago. Whoa. Like, and I could not put my finger on anything else about it. But like I had, a visual novel? Yeah, kind of I had this weird memory of like, you know, a character would slide in from the side and a little text box would pop up. And yeah, yeah. another character and a little thing and it's like, what do you want to do? Right. Which party do you want to go to? I yeah. don't know. But I had a vague memory of liking it and I'm like, do I actually mm. like these games? <laughs> Deep down, I just never play them. Maybe one will come along I think, and spur me along. I think those are the kinds of games that you and I could get into. I don't know that I could do a pure visual novel. Sure. But that one is like a literal like dungeon game mixed with a visual novel. Well, that was, I'm like, would I like Persona? Like part mm-hmm. of me thinks I would like Persona. You probably would. I mean, and it's One of these it's days, great. I might get around to trying it. You have access to it. And Persona 5 on the flip side of State of Play, like I said, if you want our full live reactions to the Xbox show, yeah. uh, go check that out. Oh, I meant to keep I'll go briefly through a list of the stuff that was announced. Because there were some, like I believe they had a pre-show that we were not tuned into. So there are some no. announcements here that we did not actually see live. Okay. Namely, Valheim is coming to Xbox. Oh. Good for the Valheimers out there. Valheim is pretty cool for a little while. Uh, Naraka Blade Point on Xbox Deep Dive. Uh, this looks like a character creation where you're creating, it looks like your own character in the Horizon universe. So... Uh, this was the Naraka Blade Point was the battle royale they showed. Later oh, you're right. Like the yeah, that thing. actually looked kind of cool. It did look decent because I thought it was the the most generic name <laughs> game of all time. Oh yeah, Rage. Uh, no, not Rage Shadow Legends. <laughs> That's what I was gonna do too. Uh, Shadow Hunters Arena. Hunter Shadows Shadow Arena <laughs> Le- Hunters. <laughs> Hunter Legends Arena. arena? <laughs> Legend Arena Hunters? There are four words in there. It's some combination of... It's three, three of those four. <laughs> yeah. Figured out. Uh, God. Uh, Aura, History Untold, receives first gameplay. This is the one that the... Uh, <laughs> the the uh, descriptive audio yeah, turned came on during. The, surprised yeah. us. Gave us a little spook. It was so funny. Uh, Obsidian discusses Grounded. Uh, we saw some gameplay of Grounded. Yep. Uh, Microsoft this fall. Flight Simulator... 40th anniversary, due out next year. Cool for the nerds. Uh, Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland uh, and High on Life. That was a game that was released from him. And I don't remember the dev behind it. Squanch Games. Right, who did the... uh, There's another... I think Roiland is like their guy. Mm. Because they did that... I don't know if it was Trover Saves the Universe, but it was one of those kinds of games that they've done before. It might have been... Was it Job Simulator? They they did another game that's got like, like that. had good buzz. Uh, arguably, my new reveal of the show. It was pretty. I cool think looking. it looks very interesting and could be really funny. Sure. Now, do I want to live in a Rick and Morty type world for like forty hours? Maybe not, but I think it could be pretty fun. Yeah, the guns like talk to you and shit, which is cool. Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. Shout out to our buddies at Gun. Mm-hmm. I know I know those people. The game that I'm convinced doesn't exist, Pentiment, gets a behind-the-scenes look. This is for the Obsidian. Oh, right. Um, the game I was convinced. We thought it was an Outer Worlds trailer. By the first 30 seconds of this trailer, because of how, like, how explicit they were being about the simplicity of some of the mechanics. Yes. It was like, create a character. Yeah. and like Choose just, dialogue. Yeah, like, stuff like that. And they're like, Pentiment. And I'm like, this is not real. Uh, yeah. But I guess it is. What if it's just a long con and it really is Outer Worlds 2? It's described as a historical mystery game. That's kind of huh. interesting to me. 
Yeah, because the art style was like sort of uh, folk history, like yeah. sort of like midsummer t- style uh, art. Mm. It was interesting. As Dusk Falls developer explains their social experience game bro this i know we're we, we are both out on this yeah. game so if you if you don't know what as dust falls is kind of generic title it's the game where like everything is 3d but the people are painted yeah and the people don't move right it's like <laughs> two frames a second they yeah. they'll just be in one spot and then be in the other it is so i like i'm all for mixed media i think sure. sometimes it creates a really cool like we make fun of Octopath Traveler's name. That game looks beautiful. It looks awesome. Uh, so mixed media can work really well. That art style looks so jarring, mm-hmm. and it like all I can focus on is how weird it looks. Um, and also, it has like up to eight players of multiplayer, yeah. and it's like a narrative game. I have no idea what this game is. It feels way too ambitious. Because at the end, it had the complete ripoff graphic from Detroit Become Human. Oh, right. With like the, the, the branching storylines. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell does this work with more than one person? Yeah, I have no idea. Unless it's like a timed sort of like, I play a chapter, someone else plays a chapter as another character, and then that like influences. Yeah, I was wondering if like you and I start a playthrough, then I'm playing character A, you're playing character B, and then at some point they meet. Yeah. It couldn't be like a true concurrent multiplayer situation because I feel like that would just completely defeat the whole purpose yes. you couldn't have interactive things going it'd have to be especially sort of with that art style yeah but imagine trying so the best comp that i can think for this is somewhere between like a telltale game mm-hmm. and a detroit become human game how those games become multiplayer i have no idea no no idea slime rancher 2 is coming to xbox game pass day one i want to try these games they have really good <laughs> reputation some people love them i've seen before and they're cute yeah uh for forza horizon 5 I almost said Verizon. <laughs> Hot Wheels DLC gets a deep dive. If this was free, I would try it. Sure. It looks so cool. Sure, but the cars know. in them were awesome. Uh, Master Chief is coming to Fall Guys, which we didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see that. It must have been pre-show. I'm impressed that Fall Guys is still going. They're still trucking. Because I loved Fall Guys. I just have not touched it in like a year and a half. It really broke your heart with that trophy. It did. You never went back. I've also not played it in a million years. Game that I thought looked pretty cool, Minecraft Legends. Yeah, I'm still intrigued by what this is. It looks more like a more open to exploration version of like Minecraft Dungeons. It seems like it has more of a full overworld yeah. compared to like just the dungeons of those games. So, I mean, looks kind of cool. The only thing I didn't like about it was that it was voxel shaded. I remember mm. that. I was like, this looks weird. Stalker 2's opening revealed alongside Developer Diary. What is Stalker 2? I feel like we've seen trailers for Stalker 2 forever. It's like the same... It's. I feel like there's either a Stalker trailer or a Metro trailer at mm. every Xbox event. Well, weirdly, and this uh, rundown came from IGN, uh, courtesy of Ryan Dinsdale, and it ends there, even though I know we did not talk about Redfall and yeah. Starfield. Yeah. Or anything like else from Bethesda, yeah, really. Yeah, there's, there's other stuff in there. Yeah, no Elder Scrolls Online that we cite at. Which, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about Redfall and Starfield, which okay. is the first game and the last game on the show. Yeah, the bookends. Redfall looks good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really fun. They did in, they did em- em- emphasize, Jesus, that you could play a single player. Yes, they did. That, they made that a, a real point of the game. But I think it's another one of those games where, like Left 4 Dead, you can play a single player, but that game is really going to shine if you have two, three, four people mm-hmm. to play it with. I agree with that. Um, and it'll be on Game Pass Day 1, so it'll be a lot more accessible. I remember... A similar thing happened with Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. where Sea of Thieves came out and everybody was like, oh, you need a bunch of people to play. And it's like, well, it's on Game Pass. 
and slowly you accumulated people to play with. Right. It's like yeah. a lot of people have Game Pass. We could try it out. Like I tried it out for a little while and just got really motion sick when I played it. So yeah. I couldn't play it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Redfall looks really good. I trust Arcane uh, to make a game that I go, that looks interesting, and then I don't play. Yep. Uh, but uh, maybe this will be the one if I get a group to play it with. Yeah. I agree. I think the gameplay is probably going to be really, really solid. Yeah. Um, I arguably think it'll be better than your typical Arcane game because they're not. This does not seem to be an open world game. No, I think it's levels. Yeah, so I think that they're maybe going to be at the height of their powers when it comes to gameplay. They're giving all these characters unique abilities, blah, blah, blah. But again, if you were playing the single player, my assumption is if you're going into it, you have to pick the one character that maybe you want to play as during each level or something. Yeah, like Left 4 Dead. And that feels very restrictive when these characters all have different abilities that maybe it's like, oh, I want to. Now, if you could maybe somehow flip from character to character mid-mission. GTA 5 style. Maybe that's an interesting idea. I don't know if that's what they're planning to do. Yeah. But, again, experience is probably maximized in multiplayer form. Sure. Starfield (laughs) is confounding to me. Mm. Uh, The scope is impressive and also makes me trepidatious. Yep. Because are they really going to fill 1,000 planets with interesting stuff to do? Right. And the gameplay itself that they showed off, it's just slightly modernized Fallout. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't look like anything special in terms of being a shooter. So, the selling point of this game is the exploration. And I'm not convinced that there will be a. There's going to be a lot of unique things to explore. Yeah. But if they're that spread out over all of this space, I don't know if I'm willing to invest the time to find it all. Yeah. And I, I did see some people clarify that, like, there's probably going to be like 20 main planets sure. and a lot of the other planets are going to be just for resources, mm-hmm. which is that good? I, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I want to find something every planet I go to. Yeah. I think the scope we've, we've, we've had this experience with no man's sky where scope is great, but it's only so much. I would rather play like, I personally would rather play a really focused two hour game than a broad mm-hmm. hundred hour game every time. And so that makes me worried about it. Like you said, the gameplay looks like modernized Fallout. That's a great way to put it. I, I still don't know why they don't have, like, id come in and be like, hey, make our shooter part for us. Yeah. We'll build the RPG part ourselves, but make the gameplay. And I feel like they said id consulted on Fallout 4, I want to say, but it definitely didn't do much. No. Um, Yeah, obviously a lot of people were comparing it to No Man's Sky. No Man's Skyrim was the, the, the joke that mm-hmm. uh, I saw Lana Pierce and a bunch of people making. Uh, But, yeah, I just don't know. I'm Right now, I'm out on it. I don't think it's my kind of game. Mm-hmm. It's not what I really come to games for is scope and like just like Elden Ring I'm finally into, but even then the sort of open world dense nature of it uh or even with how dense that game is, the like spaced out part of the map kind of was a hesitation point for sure. me. Um I only really tend to like open worlds when I'm very invested in the world itself or like GTA. Mm. Uh or Red Dead, I guess I really like Rockstar stuff, but this just generic sci-fi idea isn't really intriguing to me, so I think it's going to take a lot. It also seems like weird that they're kind of doubling down on the crafting systems that people yeah. didn't like in Fallout 4. <laughs> like, you can build your own base, which, as you said when we watched it, does make more sense here than it did in Fallout. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you can build your own ship. It's like, okay, but how much of your resources went to that versus the actual story and... It feels so similar to Outer Worlds, and they're both under the Xbox umbrella, and I know that was just kind of coincidence yeah, but but like when they bought kitschy. them. But yeah, but less 
charismatic. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of intrigue in that world, and maybe there will be, but I'm really worried with this game that Bethesda has finally gotten eclipsed. Mm. Like, I don't know. This game makes me worried for Elder Scrolls Six, mm. uh, from what we've seen of it, and, yeah, I don't know. I could see this game being very mid and just whatever. What I worry... Well, let me say it's not my worry. What I could see myself getting interested in this game mm-hmm. is if it is a game that you can sort of play... Not hands off, but sort of with fifty percent of your brain. Sure, you know? if it becomes a podcast, right? Game. Like, yeah. and, and this is you know, it's rare to find purely single player oriented games that suit that genre well. Which is why we celebrate all the ones we talk about, right? Um, but I could picture a game like this where, like, oh, it's not very, you know, <laughs> to say it's not very engaging sounds bad. But it's sort of half engaging to go to a planet. Yeah, I'm just going to collect some resources, you know, blah, blah, right. blah. I'm milling about. Or if I could sort of do that stuff in the background leading up to a big mission. Sure. Where then I can be focused. But if I and can do all plausible. this build up, you know, and that kind of seems like maybe what the game is sort of orienting you to do. Yeah, and I would prefer that. Um, I, it doesn't particularly make me worried for Elder Scrolls Six because I don't think they have to do as much selling of Elder Scrolls Six beyond, okay, it is a little modernized Skyrim. Yeah. That's all I really want from that game. Yeah, that's fair. I know people said with Fallout, all I really want is Fallout, but slightly modernized. <laughs> but I think the shooting mechanics is what really dragged Fallout 4 down because they were sure. really backwards by comparison to yes. a lot of other games. Yeah. Whereas Skyrim, it's like, well, I can swing a sword around. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. I just need a big world to explore. Yeah. And with Skyrim, or with Elder Scrolls Six, presumably I'm not going to be uh, warping to different planets like the right. know, implication is here. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Elder Scrolls Six, but I am worried about this game and mm. sort of the future of Bethesda beyond. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, I, I <clears throat> is this this it seems more indicative of our worries of Fallout Four that they were like yeah. little red flags of, and I don't want that to keep scaling with a new Fallout, and obviously Elder Scrolls Six will be next. Yeah. Um. So that's. Also, why did they reveal Elder Scrolls Six so early? It's baffling. It makes no sense other than to get the hype of it. And now they've shot themselves in the foot because everyone thinks about Elder Scrolls Six and they're like, when's Elder Scrolls Six coming? It's like, it's obviously not coming for a few years because Starfield isn't even out. And I imagine mm. it's the same team. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. To there me was some much. sort of announcement like it is the next big game. That sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't tell you very much. No, but. like <clears throat> we knew Last of Us 2 was coming after Uncharted 4 forever yeah. and it still took a while and Night Dog's way faster than Bethesda yeah that's that's an <laughs> understatement yeah but anyway I hope it's good but we'll see me too if it reviews great I'll play it yeah speaking of Naughty Dog yeah uh, Last of Us Day has come and gone since we last recorded oh really and as such we got some news dropped about some of the future oh, entries right. in the Last of Us series uh, this is also a rundown on the PlayStation blog uh, this is from June 9th the growing future of the Last of Us from Rochelle Snyder, Senior Manager of Communications for Naughty Dog. Whether you're here following our Summer Games Fest announcements or just catching up on the latest news from the studio, we're excited to share what's in store for the future of The Last of Us. Many of you have expressed how strongly The Last of Us series resonates with you. And we're humbled for by those the listening community. listening to the audio, we just pointed at ourselves and I pointed at my tattoo. I kind of pointed around my face, if I'm being honest. I kind of missed myself, but... <laughs> Uh, And we're humbled by the community's outpouring of passion and excitement towards the series' growing and evolving world and characters. 
We're happy to share that The Last of Us Part 2 has sold more than 10 million copies globally. As of this spring, knowing the support we have, our studio continues to see exciting new avenues to introduce curious audiences and galvanize fans. Galvanize. With those opportunities in mind, let's talk about the immense future of The Last of Us. I believe there are three entries. Okay. Entry one, standalone multiplayer. Yeah! It's what? no secret that it's many of you are not only drawn to The Last of Us' stories, but also the game's original Factions multiplayer. So good. Since The Last of Us Factions release almost a decade ago, Jesus. dedicated players have been vocal about an expansion upon that offering. However, we can finally announce that we're creating something much larger than a mode. We're thrilled to share a piece of concept art, which is basically just two people on top of a building with guns overlooking a city. Yeah. Um, concept art from our upcoming multiplayer experience, which is an extremely ambitious undertaking. We're growing our studio significantly to ensure we build this full-scale standalone game with its massive scope and immense world in a way that fans have come to expect from The Last of Us and Naughty Dog. We aim to make our newest entry into multiplayer inviting to new players while still a thrilling challenge for our more seasoned fans. There'll be more news to come next year. Cannot wait to introduce the team behind this new experience. So, uh, game's not coming for a while Mm -hmm. because they're still growing the team. I'm guessing 2024 maybe? Uh... That image is overlooking a big map. I'm wondering if there's a Battle Royale component. Yeah, that's kind of what I think it implies. Yeah. <laughs> is it going to be like a you're battling through Bill's Town with a bunch of people? Which, here's what I'll say. Is Battle Royale played out a little bit? Kind of. Does that sound awesome? Yeah, it sounds good. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. With the sheer, like, grittiness resource intensiveness of the last of us multiplayer from the original game. Yeah. That in a battle Royale mode, I think makes an insane amount of sense. Yeah, me too. A city full of resources where the faster you can craft good weapons, the higher, farther you're going to be able to go. And if there are potentially infected, I was just about to say say the same thing. That would be so awesome. Like there's three clickers guarding a great weapon. Yeah. And if it like, obviously I want it to, make sense and play well for multiple players because sure. if there's anything we're going to try multiplayer in a while that's novel, it's this is going to be it. Yeah. But if this plays well in a single player fashion, oh my God. That's all I'll stream. I will stream. play it to death. I'll stream it so often. Uh, yeah, I wonder if, because the, the way they're talking about this, they said more than a mode. So I'm wondering if maybe factions will still be there because I think... I assume so. I hope so because that is really the only type of multiplayer like that that mm-hmm. I've really loved. I mean... Like, Gunfight is, I guess, kind of similar. Uh, like, your CSGO, Valorant-type games are kind of similar. But just, it, it's, it involves a lot more strategy and, like, sort of the roles of, like, an, not an Overwatch, but that kind of, like, I was a crafter. You mm-hmm. were, a like, sniper. Like, we had our sort of dedications. Um, so, I really want that to come back. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be excited for it. Here's what I will say, though. We got to preempt this now. People are going to see Last of Us in a PlayStation show and get excited and then be pissed that it's multiplayer and not Last of Us 3. That's going to happen. Just wait for those reactions. That's going to be a thing. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> People are going to hear the Last of Us music and be like, oh, and then they'll be like, it's multiplayer. Maybe that's going to happen. They'd have to craft that trailer well, though. Maybe if you sort of introduced it more as like demo the gameplay itself or preview it or sort of do a cinematic trailer sort of implying, hey, this is a big open thing. And end with The Last of Us. Right. And then, like, 
well, factions or whatever. I, yeah, I think you probably start with, I don't know, The Last of Us looks so itself that people are going to know that's what it is. And they are a sucker for literally the first thing, black screen, Naughty Dog. Yeah, that's true. They do love that. But I bet the trailer is going to be something like, you know, uh, unnamed person scavenging through drawers, having a gun, and then gets shot at, and then it does the camera scale mm. thing where it zooms yeah, out yeah, and there's yeah. a bunch of players playing. Um, so that might sell it okay, but I just worry that people will think it's going to be a sequel when it's a multiplayer thing. I hope they'll be excited about this as well. Cause it's, Me too. It, it promises to be awesome. Obviously, A Last of Us Part 3 would be incredibly hype, but I'm going to be almost as equally hype for this. Oh, yeah, me <laughs> I'm too. I'm so excited to play Factions The again. way that 2 left off, obviously I'd be excited for Last of Us Part 3. Yeah. But I'm not chomping at the bit for that right now. Yeah, I'm not clamoring for so. it. Next update just has to do with the HBO show. I won't read through the entire uh, little blurb here, but there's not really much update with regards to, like, it's mostly about interesting people that have been involved in the production, so they're feel done, free to do more research. They're done filming now. They're done filming. They Yeah, there was a tweet. That's a wrap. So. Uh, and uh, Troy Baker and Ashley both have uh, roles, roles in, in the, the show, show, which is cool. Love that. Yeah, me too. Uh, so no announcement of a release date or anything, but that means it promises to be in the relative near future. I'm guessing next year. Yeah. HBO drops a lot of their new stuff in summer. But the last update that we were arguably, arguably the one that is most significant and obviously the most time relevant. Sure. Is The Last of Us Part 1 remake is due out September 2nd of this year. It's very soon. And we have seen now multiple little clips of the game Mostly, it was cutscenes. I don't think we saw any actual gameplay. I don't think so either. Uh, both from a trailer that was released on this particular PlayStation blog post, and since then on Twitter we have seen Tess specifically, yes, and how her character has been redesigned and more closely matches the, the facial actor. animation of yeah. the actress. So, I'm excited. I don't need there. There is no belaboring to the point that if our favorite game is being remade, I'm excited and I'm ready. Yeah, to play. yeah, yeah. Uh, here's here's my intrigue though. So something that is interesting about this game, and I know I've seen the meme, and it's funny. I <laughs> sort of agree with it that like these games will never stop coming out, and it's uh, Skyrim, GTA Five, and Last of yeah, Us. Yeah, it was the Three Generation Club or whatever. Yes, but this is the only one of those games to get a ground up remake. This is a remake, this not is. a new coat of paint. They are using the Last of Us Two combat system. So that part of it really intrigues me. Yeah. Like, this is going to play fundamentally a little different than Last of Us playthroughs have in the past, which is cool. I did see someone tweet out that they're, like, terrified of, you know the scene where you have to start the generator? Yes. <laughs> they're, like, they're terrified no, of that with the new tech. I'm mortified by some of these scenes, but, I mean, I yeah. was mortified by the original game at some points, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to take some adjusting to not see their faces as the original faces and it's more like the actors because like Tess looks fundamentally different and sure. it's almost jarring I'm like oh right this looks more like the actor but if it allows for better emotional capture obviously mm -hmm. they're pulling I don't know how this works games are magic but <laughs> like they're obviously pulling some of the original raw mocap yeah. stuff and applying the new mocap captures that they have um, to make it more realistic uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be really fun, and the fact that it's September is awesome. That's so soon. I think the point is prescient that you just made about like some of these actors are gonna be like, okay, it's a little jarring. Yeah, I don't think that applies to Joel and Ellie because no, we've no, me seen too. them in The Last of Us Part right. Two. Right, they're just gonna look like Last of Us so Two. Joel and we're Ellie. sort of used to that. Yes, but like Sam, I was gonna say I'm so excited to play through 
their arc yeah. in this remake. Yeah, like, me too. Ugh, their arc, everything with Tess, everything with Bill, yeah. uh, everything with Nadine. Like, yeah. just, uh, there's so much that is going to be just refreshed by this that to not be excited, it's like, I understand it because sure. it's just a remake. Sure. But you, I'll buy it. Uh, yeah, I'll buy it. Okay, the only other question I have about it. How do you feel about The Last of Us Part 1? I like it. See, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Because, like, the the obvious connection that people have made is that it's The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2, mm. not The Godfather 2. And that, like, they didn't now retroactively call it The Godfather Part 1. I guess it will be nice just for differentiating it on like a store page Mm -hmm. or like you know i'm buying the new remake but i don't know i don't think we're going back and renaming the game i think it's just this remake is called the last of us part one probably so um but i I don't know how i feel about it i don't know i actually kind of like it because i think it just in a way i feel like the implication is that there will be a part three and maybe a part four like Mm. there is an extension of the franchise that is more allowed by this subtitle like calling it the last of us part two doesn't give it a lot of finality it's sort sure. of like this is an ongoing chapter in this story right um and that kind of makes me curious for what they might call the multiplayer standalone release yeah like i don't know what subtitle they're going to give to it like outbreak something factions yeah, i don't think it'll I don't have think any call of, it factions anymore no i don't think so either but i there's no chance they're going to call it any like part whatever yeah. because it's not part of the storyline of the whole series right and maybe that's it maybe they're they're trying to give you a they're trying to avoid the kingdom hearts thing where it's like <laughs> kingdom hearts one kingdom hearts, hearts 2.5 super remix kingdom hearts there's one that's a fraction it's like 356 slash eight days or whatever like they're i think that's what they're trying to do or even the final fantasy thing where it's like final fantasy there's the one that's like 10 and 10 and a half or yeah. whatever uh or 10 two maybe that's 10 what it is two, which is the ugh. I don't understand Final Fantasy naming convention. So maybe that's what they're trying to get ahead of. And I think you're right. It probably is an indicator that we're going to get more of those games. Uh, the other thing that I guess it does well is that it makes it feel more like these two things are equal. Sure. Right? This is part one. This is part two. Sure. Like we are embracing the fact that so far this is the complete story as opposed to this is the last of us and this is a follow up. Yeah. Um, it just screams to me them sitting in a boardroom and saying we need to plan for the future of this franchise and how we're going to contextualize every entry in it. Yeah. And it's possible that The Last of Us name only applies to stories that involve Joel and Ellie. Oh, and interesting. And maybe eventually they sort of surpass huh. that and the name sort of gets remixed and then we have a something else part one Outbreak in part The Last one. of yeah. Us universe. Like, right. So it sort of contextualizes each character's story. I think it could be something like that. Could be, yeah. Only time will tell. Yeah. Last story... And it's very brief. Okay. Uh, But on the same vein of all these announcements that we've gotten so far, the story is simply rumors abound. And perhaps by the time you hear this podcast, the rumors will be confirmed that a Nintendo Direct will take place later this month here in June. Mm. Uh, Lots of things on the table for what could be shown here. Obviously, Breath of uh, the Wild 2, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, even though they tend to do more Pokemon-centric directs. But it's possible we get a little update there. Yep. Uh, Honestly, those are the only two things I give a literal shit about. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. I mean, didn't they get like <coughs> a? Didn't they add a bunch of new tracks to Mario Kart? That's a thing, right? I do not know. They're adding a bunch of stuff. <coughs> They're adding like sixteen tracks to Mario Kart already. Oh. What I do know is that historically, full scale Nintendo directs 
tend to mean something comparison wise to That's mini true. directs. Yeah. So there could be something that just falls out of the sky at this direct. <laughs> yeah. Super Mario Odyssey two. I would, you know, we'll run out of the room. Yeah. You know, we'd be very excited. I'd be very pumped. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, Go the it. last full scale direct. Mm was when they announced Splatoon 3, which I guess is a game that's on the table. But then they ended it with the Zelda guy saying, we don't have any Zelda news, but here's a game and watch system with Zelda on it. So that's why that was uh, very I'm, funny. I'm still a little... And uh, the like Twilight PTSD Princess... Uh, or no, Skyward Sword. Oh, that's right. Um, Did that come out? Is HD, that out already? I think. I think it is, right? It looked very late in development when we were shown it, so I assume yeah. it's out by now, but I also, don't care. I saw a tweet after this Last of Us uh, article came sure. out. That someone was like, I find it hilarious that Luigi's Mansion 2 outsold of outsold Last of Us Part 2. Is that true? Or sorry, Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Sales. I mean, I guess it's not that far-fetched. Because I mean, it sold 11.43 million copies. And a lot of Switches out there. Yeah, and a lot of... That's like a way more family game. Like, sure. Last of Us is more of a hardcore thing, I think, but... I'd love to show my four-year-old The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> so we're at this hospital... Beat this man to death with a bat. <laughs> all right. That's all for our news stories. All right. Uh, on to our big topic. Uh, we've got one of our classic listicle topics for you today. Yeah, buzzwords. Uh, and my thought here, I've been seeing this pop up a lot on the internet as of late. Yeah. People referring to things as their comfort blank. Right. Yeah. Comfort show. Comfort movie. Yeah. I've never really seen a discussion of comfort games before. That's true. I Googled it. I they like this out there. But I figured we'd come to you hot and heavy. Yeah. Or really, more comfortingly, maybe like soft and cool. Oh, there you go. That's how I like it. That's how I get comfortable. <laughs> That's good. With each of our respective top ten comfort games. Yes. And what I would first like to ask you is when I told you this, yeah. how do you define a comfort game? I was going to ask you that too. Okay. Uh, to me, a comfort game is, I kept putting myself in the mindset of like, not having a great day. Mm. You know, maybe anxious maybe something happened at work maybe i'm just not feeling it for whatever reason what am i going to boot up and spend some time in mm -hmm. now i also kind of hybridize that with games that i feel like i can spend a lot of time in and feel very comfortable sure. in that regard but mostly it is like like this list and like a sick day list would be pretty similar for me sure um of just games i want to just kind of play relax i'm very comfortable with and just feel comforted by yeah what, what is your well, definition? In a similar vein, no, no game on my list would I consider stressful. Mm, so even though some of my favorite games ever are like The Last of Us games, The Souls games, right. Bloodborne, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Those games don't really evoke, no. I just want to sit here and relax and play something. Yeah. When I feel like playing something intensive, I reach for games like that. These are games that I'm like, okay, I have... A few hours on a day where I'm not really doing anything and I just want to play something. Right. Sometimes I'll get an inkling to play one of these games. Or mm. some of these games are almost more just nostalgic. Like I haven't played them in a while, but yeah. they evoke that similar thing from when I was younger. Yeah. When I just wanted to play something that was like, oh, I'm just losing time in this, but just enjoying myself stress-free, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So it's that's the sort of system that I approach this with. We've each got ten. Yeah. And per our discussion earlier, we have opted to rank them. Yes. So going from 10 up, we have our 10th most comforting game or 10th, you know, highest rated comfort game to our first. Yeah. And we'll go that order, I we, assume. We're going to alternate? Sure. 10, 10, 9, yeah, that's 9. what I figured. Uh, can I have another drink before we start? Of course. These are pretty good. I Lover like them. boy. 
Thanks. Uh, what are you I- looking at, <laughs> Weather Boy? Remember that video? You ever seen that? The weatherman coming up and interviewing the kid outside of a popsicle or hot dog stand or whatever. He's like, "What'd you get today?" Or something. And the kid's like, "What do you?" Or like, shoot, I don't remember exactly what he says. I think he's just like, "What are you looking at, Weather Boy?" <laughs> That's and good. The guy's like, "Okay." Sometimes like news videos are hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's that one of the guy getting absolutely mowed down when the skiers come by. Yes. That I showed my boss, and I don't think I've seen him laugh harder at anything in my life. He talks about it all the time. All right, so I have some honorable mentions. Do I have three, good. Okay, do we want to do those first? Sure. You all give right. all yours, and I'll give all mine. Okay, so honorable mentions. Uh, Sporkle is one of them, Oh, which is the trivia website. Yeah. Uh, every now and then, I just, just get in the mood to do some trivia, especially if I'm like home with my mom. Uh, we'll, we'll we've do done some, plenty like, of those trivia. before as yeah, well. Yeah, we've sat around. And, and tag teaming them is oddly fun. It's very fun, yeah. Uh, assorted pop cap games. Yep. Uh, I'll get into one specific later, of course, but... Uh, Plants vs. Zombies, Zuma, like uh, Chuzzle was one mm-hmm. for a while, Bejeweled. Uh, PopCap is just that kind of like mindless fun. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Fire Red uh-huh. is one for me. I it's not. I, it made the honorable mention because it's not a game I do a playthrough of a lot. Sure. But every now and then I'll get the itch to play through it, and that is a very comforting experience. Uh, I just couldn't think of to narrow it down. So whatever racing game is one of my honorable mentions, like. <laughs> If it's Forza, if it's Wreckfest I got into for a while, if it's, like, The Crew I played for a mm-hmm. hot second, those are just very sort of comforting background games. And then uh, the last one for me, board game games. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, Clue, Monopoly, Trivial Pursuit, those kinds of things are uh, very comforting, even mm-hmm. with, like, hanging hanging out with a friend and casually playing I need them. to get some more of those to just... Because that podcast game, like, mm. talk about easy to kill some time, listen to a podcast, whatever. Yeah, they should have better trophies. Yeah. My three honorable mentions is clearly the one you're referring to, which is Peggle. Yeah, that'll come up Uh, later in my list. So I won't elaborate. Yeah. Uh, The Dragon Ball Z Budokai series. Mm. Like, the whole series. Yeah. Like, one, two, three, Tenkaichi, one, two, three. Just something about them every now and then. I'm just, I, like, remember those days fondly, and I have gone back once or twice and played, like, some of Budokai 2, just because that's the one that I know I still have. Yeah. uh, And just bopped around in it. So, love those games. Uh, And... My sort of board game game, even though it's a very specific board game game, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Both Legacy of the Duelist and Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution, because <laughs> that's the one I platinum. Rolls right off the So, top. you know. Any card game is inherently not going to be that stressful and good to mm. just, like, dole about and kill time, so. Oh, shit, I forgot one. Oh. Oh, no. Something's come to mind. I gotta get, no- I gotta knock something off. Oh, so it's high enough. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna make... All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Slay the Spire now an honorable mention. Fair play. It was, it was in my main list. I started to mention Slay the Spire. Uh, okay. I've, I've adjusted my list. But yeah. I'll call Slay the Spire an honorable mention as well. Yeah, we, we, obviously we, we've we, talked a lot about we it. We praise that game a lot, but it's another one of those. It, uh, podcast games and comfort games do have a little bit of an overlap. Yeah. So. All right, so for number 10, would you like me to go first? Yeah, sure. <laughs> my number 10... Super Monkey Ball. Hey, that's a great one. Uh, that's a great call. And again, it's sort of the whole series thing. I played a fair amount of Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2 back in the day on GameCube. The Banana Blitz that just got released last year yeah. uh, is on PS5. It's just one of those things. Every now and again, it's less that I'm hankering for Super Monkey Ball or anything entailing like 
obviously the story, which is non-existent. <laughs> Something about that gameplay system. Yes. Is just so simple. Yeah. And, you know, mind, you know, it's mind, it's mind massaging. Mm. It's not mind numbing. Right. It's sort of like, I'm not thinking, but it's like I'm recharging by just doing this very simple motion style gameplay. So the Super Monkey Ball series, there's not much else to say to it besides it is a very simple, very playful, not stressful way to kill some time. Yes. There's a, that, that's a great call because that's one of those games that every time I get in my like emulator mode, mm-hmm. I always boot up a Super Monkey Ball and yeah. play like the first 10 levels yeah. or however many. Uh, I almost tried to play it on, so I put some emulator stuff on my iPad to play on the drive back from the beach. But then I thought, ooh, Monkey Ball in a car sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but it is one of those games that's always fresh on my mind. Uh, man, I keep thinking of more now, <laughs> now that we're talking about it. Uh, number 10 for me is Moonlighter. Ooh. Uh, this is just, it's one of those games that, again, like Slay the Spire, I've sung the praises of a lot. Uh, I think the reason I, I like it above even like a Binding of Isaac or something, which Binding of Isaac is a little too aggressive to be comforting, I think. Um, or something like a Rogue Legacy is that there's the whole shopkeeping mechanic mm. that gives you that like brain itch of or brain scratch rather of like making progress in a way that's not combat related. Yeah. Right. Like you're doing a store manager and then you're also like you're selling all the stuff you get. So it makes it feel I guess the thing that Moonlighter does really well that other roguelikes maybe don't is even your worst runs feel productive because you get stuff to sell to sell. Like, granted, you don't get as much to sell as if you have a great run, but just that little bit of, okay, even the run where I died where I didn't want to, I still have something to show for it yeah. is amazing. And I just, I love that game. I love the art style. There's still so much I can do even though I've beaten it. Like, it's <laughs> it's just, it's one of those games that I just always have <clears throat> on my PlayStation. My number nine. This one was a little out of left field for me. Not okay. because it's not a prominent game. It's just a game I haven't played in a while. And weirdly, I've only played through it once. But it's one of those games that's comforting to think about, mm. which is Journey. Oh, that's and a good call. I was sort of, I was like... Man, there are a lot of these. What game is sort of emotionally comforting? Mm. And that game was at the forefront because it's just such a... There There are stressful moments in Journey if you've sure. ever played through it. Not like significantly stressful. Right. But sort of where the tone shifts a little bit. But the whole thematicness of Journey is like teamwork and like uplifting sort of reaching a goal and it's not it's not gameplay intensive like mm-hmm. it's not like oh I have to be good at this certain thing to beat this game it's just I am progressing through it in a very simple deliberate pace right and eventually reaching this very satisfying conclusion um, yeah if you've ever played if you've never played journey you have to play you it. gotta like, give it a try it's, it's not long no it's and two three hours the ending maybe? is just about as uplifting and borderline spiritual as a game ending that I've ever played. Yeah, well said. Um, so it's one of those games that you think about and enjoy and reminisce about. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Journey is fantastic. The like gimmick with Journey that you don't know if you've not played it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's just there's a lot of really clever stuff going on in that game. And it rightfully won game of the year a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a that was a pretty notable game of the year win because I think that was one of the first not super big games to win. Yeah. Because I remember that year, was that 2012? 11 or 12. I think it was 12. Because it was Walking Dead Season 1 and Journey. Yeah. Those were the two. And I was like, wow, this is a really interesting game of the year. year. Um, 
I've also just thought of another one, so I had to I had to make another honorable mention. Uh, Hades is now an honorable mention. Mm. That game's really comforting. Similar thing to Moonlighter, where like every few every run feels like progress. I love the music. I guess any super giant game kind of applies. Like Pyre is comforting to me too. Something about their art style and uh, the music, especially like Transistor, is amazing too. Just all the super giant games are honorable mentions now because I can't believe I didn't think of this. Number nine, a game that I've only played through once, but Every time I played it, felt very comfortable uh, and comforting. Is Breath of the Wild? Mm. Uh, yeah. I I didn't have it on my list for some reason, but like that is one of the only great games I've ever described as magical for yeah. me, and it's just so pleasant. Even though you know there are stressful moments of maybe you're getting shot at by a guardian or having to fight a big boss or can't figure out a puzzle, the overall art style and music and uh, just scope in a way that. Every few seconds, you can find something that is worth exploring, especially with all of the shrines. The yeah. shrines are maybe one of my favorite mechanics in any video game ever uh, because they are such little chapter breaks to a larger goal. Uh, it always feels like you're doing something productive in that game, and <clears throat> just the music is great, and the art style is great, and it's so good to look at. All the Zelda games to a, to a degree, but especially that one is very comforting to me. Yeah, I almost put it on my list because it's the, the role that it occupies in my head is one of the most leisurely enjoyable open worlds to explore. Mm, yeah. Like, I really enjoy the game, not to the heights that some people do, but for being what it is, it is a just completely immersive, lose-your-time-in open yeah. world, which is why I like it. Yeah. Number eight for me, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of a... I have interesting reasonings behind this. Okay. Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> oh, all right which I've said before is probably my favorite entry in the whole series. But to think of it as a comfort game is sort of a multi-pronged thing. Okay. Prong one is that it's just very nostalgic. It was the first Assassin's Creed game I played. Sure. It was at the height of my open-world obsession because that was sort of my favorite genre of games for a long time. When yeah. It and Infamous, games like that, were sort of at the forefront. Right. Crisis. Oh, yeah. Well, Crisis is not open world. Is it not open world? Oh, I thought it was. It's sort of like corridor-ish. Anyway. Sorry. (laughs) This this reason is going to be interesting. The aesthetic, like the coloration of Assassin's Creed 2. It's very muted, but bright. It's sort of like soft to look at. Okay. Like Vaseline on the lens. It's soft. Like it's whatever the little... uh, Sire, Sayer, like the... Liar? Liar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just very soft, like, stringed instrument. Walking around Venice and Florence Mm. and places like this, when you're not doing anything that, like, you're not in a place you're not supposed to be, blah, 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 it's very weirdly sort of like, I'm just kind of exploring this district of this city from history. So it is sort of oddly relaxing to just kind of play through. Now... Jumping off a three-story building and stabbing somebody in the back of the neck, (laughs) not as relaxing. Sure. But this game sort of frames everything in a way that nothing is, like, bombastic. Mm. Even the kills are sort of low-key. Right. So the whole game is sort of a very, you know... Understated. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's sort of flat, but not in-your-face exploration I don't know. It's hard to articulate, but if you've played Assassin's Creed 2 relative to other Assassin's Creed games, Mm. this is the most sort of stoic of them. That's why I like it. Uh, Yeah, that also reminded me randomly of a small game that I didn't play enough to to put on the list, but actually two games came to mind that are nothing like Assassin's Mm. Creed. 
uh, Assembled with Care, which is a game where you fix broken things and uh, unpacking. Mm. But that both of those like sort of understated, sort of chill kind of experiences. You yeah. know, those are very different from uh, Assassin's Creed. Also very different from Assassin's Creed, but a game I felt like I had to put on here. Number eight for me, Stardew Valley. I'm tempted to play it now. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. And it's not normally my kind of thing. Like, I I played a little Harvest Moon as a kid. Sure. Uh, which is a, obviously a direct inspiration for this game. Never been a huge Animal Crossing guy, even with the new Switch one. I did enjoy it for a while, but I didn't feel like there was enough gameplay there, I guess. Uh, it's more about, you know, it's, it's a more uh, sort of... For a lot of people, that is a very comforting experience because sure. it is so low stakes. I get it. Um, Stardew, to me, has enough stakes mm. where it's still super enjoyable but if you want to spend it reminds me a lot of a comp that i think you'll appreciate it's sort of a minecraft in a way because after you build your base in minecraft you kind of have the option to like okay well i could start a garden or i could you know go to the caves and start killing enemies and mining stuff yeah it's another game i strongly considered putting on my list mm, that's that's a good one i didn't think of it till just now but like it does have all of those elements. There is combat where you can go mine stuff. There is the farm, obviously. That's the biggest component. There's also all of the relationships with mm-hmm. all the characters. You can marry all the characters, um, or most of them, I think. Like, there's so much to do in that world, but at the end of the day, it is still just like a farming sim. Yeah. And I love farming in video games anyway. Oh, there's fishing. I love fishing in video <laughs> games, too. Uh, and so, like, it has all of those little boxes. I know several people who would put Stardew as number one on their list. I don't have as much it. time invested as, as those people do. I feel like if I started to play through like on PlayStation for trophies, which by the way, apparently a very hard trophy game, mm. um, I would it would probably go up even higher. But outside of just finishing a year, which I've done a couple times, I've not had the motivation to go on any further than that. But there are several in-game systems to motivate you to keep going. There's like a museum where when you find a new something, you can log it there and then you try to log all the things in the museum. Like there's definitely game way more gamey stuff than like, well, animal crossing has museum too. Sure. It, it, it has more gameplay than something that chill, but at the end of the day, you're just farming stuff and like getting crops and talking to people. And it's great. I I love Stardew (laughs) soundtrack. Also amazing. My number seven is the most nebulous entry on my list. Okay. Because it's just any golf sim game. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm including everybody's golf in this, which is very cartoonish. Sure. But honestly, the mechanics of everybody's golf are about on par with your typical simplified modes in your, like, 2K's, like, 2K's ongoing golf series right now. The right. old EA Sports Tiger Woods golf games. Yeah. If you play those on, like, the not hardcorest of modes, it's very similar. But yeah. I'm including those games as well. Because really, any, as a... I play golf. I love golf. And there's nothing, there is, I mean, no story whatsoever. <laughs> you don't have to put in any you thought You and the beyond. course, baby. That's the only story you need. And what's funny is that in real golf, real golf stresses me out. Okay. I love it. Or well, it used to. When I was playing, like, competitively in high school. Yeah. Because I was always thinking, okay, if I can par this hole, then I can bogey the next hole, and then I can get one par and one bogey, and I'll finish with a 80 right like on the whole course yeah i always thought too far ahead playing real golf Mm. and i never ever ever was able to do the things that i planned in my head (laughs) because i'm only decent at golf i'm not great i'm fine these games i have no problem just being like i'm just playing this shot right and that's all you have to think about from a moment-to-moment basis is how should i hit this shot do i want to get weird 
Do I want to like try to drive the green? Yeah. Do I want to lay up? So there's no persistent, you know, stress to this kind of golf. Mm. Obviously, it's not the stakes of real life golf, at least the way it was back sure. in the day. Yeah. But the <laughs> do you Sorry. like that? Slow yeah, I don't know. I don't know if audio picked that up, but Jay's can did like a sigh when he yeah. opened it. Is one of those. Uh, yeah, just the simplicity of I am going to plan how I'm going to hit this shot, mm. and up to the point of having my stick be the actual swing arc, which I don't like because that's a little too in depth. Because yeah, it's very difficult to swing a video game stick straight, straight back and straight forth. Yeah, all the semi-ness below that I enjoy, and I can just think about how each shot is going to play out. So any golf game. Here's a question for you. Does playing video game golf make you a better actual golfer? Maybe from a strategy standpoint, marginally. Okay. Like just because playing like real, you know, like Tiger Woods or the 2K series. Yeah. You are actually thinking like, okay, how you're, I mean, you can see play out in real time. How does this approach shot affect my next shot? Right. And if I want to, I've learned as I've gotten older playing real golf, it's much smarter to hit a club to a spot where the next shot that you hit, you're going to hit a club that you like. Mm. It's not about getting close to the green. It's about getting to a club that you're comfortable with. Right. Because to me, if I'm 80 yards away, not fun. Oh, interesting. If I'm 100 yards away, Oh, interesting. Fun. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's better for me not to hit it quite as far. It's like shooting a three versus a long two. <laughs> yeah, so in a game like that where it's like, okay, I could swing away, it's very easy to see the consequences. Yeah. You're more likely to hit it in the rough. You're more likely to hook, slice, whatever. Right. But if you lay up, get to a club you're comfortable with, it's it's more of a meta sure, thought that's, process. Yeah, that's thing. what I was thinking. Because yeah. like, I, I know from like playing 2K yeah. that... I am a more educated basketball watcher sure. because I play the game. Now, granted, I don't think it would make me any better on the court. I've not played basketball in years, but uh, like even just like from a larger scale thought process kind of thing, yeah. it, it makes me marginally better to understand the game. Uh, number seven for me is a game we've already talked about a little bit today, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. So this game is the, I was talking about this the other day, that I don't really play my Switch a ton. Uh, the only time I really play it is when I go home to like visit my mom or I, I didn't even take it on the trip cause we were playing, I was playing yeah. an iPad, but like you don't want to carry 15 different pieces of tech. But, uh, when I do play my switch, it's almost always just getting moons and super Mario yeah. Odyssey. I have slow played to the max 100%ing super Mario Odyssey to the point where it's become a like Christmas tradition. Mm -hmm. When I go home, I always just like try to get as many moons as I can. And you know, we don't have to sing the praise of Mario. The games, the games are awesome. But Odyssey in particular is so like go your own pace mm. that it adds an extra level of comfort that I never feel like I'm I'm too pressured to get ten moons or you know I think this is probably the lowest stakes Mario game I guess or at least least intense Mario game maybe because you go back and play like sixty four or Sunshine or, or as far as three D ones go. And there are some levels that are, like, straight up hard in those yeah. games. And, like, this has that. But a lot of the moons are more puzzle-related or, you know, finding all the pieces of something or, you know, being able to jump to this one spot. It's a lot It's a lot larger scale and, therefore, less specific and precise. Uh, and I just, I really like collecting all the moons in it. And it has always become sort of a comfort thing. If I pick up my Switch, I'm just going to probably play a few levels of Odyssey. Yeah. I didn't really think of Odyssey, but 64, mm. specifically 64 on DS... 
mm, I was considering on my list. And part of that was I think mobile games have a weird, like, comforting nostalgia aspect to me. Sure. Uh, so that was one that I did consider, but I actually omitted in I will, regard to the rest of these. I will say the only game that I really put any time – well, I put a couple games – I put time into a couple games on the way back uh, from the beach. Mm-hmm. The game I put the most time into was Super Mario World. Mm. I played like the first three areas of Super yeah. Mario World on the way back. It was great. I loved it. Can't argue with that. The game's so good. Number six for me, the Tony Hawk series. Yeah. Like great one. And another series where it's just the gameplay is the reason you play. Yeah. Um, sure there's the fun of like the fun, wacky stupidity, dumbassery of the <laughs> underground one and two stories. Yeah. But the one and two, uh Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two remastered that just came out a couple years ago, like I just had an absolute blast just coming home after doing whatever I was doing. And it's like, all right, time to skate. Put on yeah. a podcast. Let's skate around. <laughs> time to skate. Because uh, <laughs> like, I don't skate in real life. Puts on his roller skates. That's about and as close as couch. I get. Um, and even the time trialed, you know, modes in that. Yeah. It sort of harkens back to like a roguelite where, all right, I can just throw myself at attempts at this time mm, trial. And yeah. it's not particularly stressful. Because I know I'm not, like, capped on my attempts. Right. Like, it's the Hotline Miami. Yeah, thing. I can just go. Yeah. So, even in those modes, it's a fun, zen little, you know, thing to do. But, obviously, like, your free skate modes where you're just trying to hit that one trick. They're, in the remake, there were trophies associated with hitting all of these tricks for all these different skaters. Yeah. That was a great way to kill time. Mm. Tons of challenges. The only, you know, downside of that was that the grind to get to level 100 for that trophy is just <laughs> stupid. I might get back to it one day. It's the Rayman Legends thing for me. I imagine I probably will get back to it one day. Yeah, you probably will. Assuming that they don't release a new Tony Hawk remake anytime <laughs> soon, which I am assuming that. R.I.P. Uh, Vicarious Visions. But, yeah, it's one of those games where it, the gameplay is so spot on and tight and fun, but not pressuring you to succeed on every individual attempt. Mm. You can try and fail as much as you want. Yeah. And... That's one of those games. As long as there's no pressure like that, it screams comfort to me. Yeah. No, well said. Uh, I totally agree. I don't... I wish... I really want 3 and 4 remastered. Of course I do. I want it all, baby. Because I don't have as much of a connection to 1 and 2 as I do 3 and 4. I think 3 was probably my first real one. Like, I, I've played one since. But I, I don't think I played one in the moment. Mm. I think I played it, like, later when I first got into emulation. Yeah. Whereas three and four, I definitely played in the moment, and then Underground One and Two, and American Wasteland, and Project Eight. But uh, like I, yeah, I I have a there's a special place in my heart for those games as well. Um, similar thing for me, again, not on my list, but like to the Crash remasters and the Spyro remasters. Sure. Those are games that, again, I can always just throw on if I want to chill and play play a little uh, with a podcast. Number six for me. Uh, the game that I probably start the most new playthroughs of, uh, complete playthroughs and finish, Shovel Knight. Mm. I've probably played through Shovel Knight 10, 15 times at this point. It's so, it's the perfect length for like, I'm going to spend four hours doing something. Part of that is that one of the trophies that you have to speed run through the game in like two hours or whatever, or it's like under an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Because it is under an hour and a half because my final speed run time to get that trophy is an hour 29.29. I will always remember that number. Uh, I barely made it, but like when you know that game really well, it's so easy to go through, but the combat is just so fun. The boss fights are so fun. The music is incredible. Legitimately one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time. Um, it's just, and you know, a game I absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's never, once you know that game well enough, it's not that hard. Uh, and so just going through it 
booting it up, being the Shovel Knight, seeing for shovelry and doing all the boss fights and having all the rush of the first time I played that game on Vita, I think was the first mm. place I played it, uh, is really wonderful. Kind of your similar thing with Super Mario 64. That, sure. Uh, the first time I played Shovel Knight was in the dorm, like just trying to kill time after class. And that's a very like cool time for video games for me too. Same with Hotline Miami, same with Guacamelee. Uh, there was a very uh, building of my reputation of games that I like mm. time period. Uh, and Shovel Knight's the the biggest part of that. My number five, my favorite loot grind ever, oh. which is Destiny. Oh, that's uh, a really good one. That's a really Destiny good one. one and two. I'll include both in this entry um, because the whole idea of a loot grind is to me inherently comforting. Yeah, you just all right. Well, I'm just gonna go play these random things, daily tasks. Yeah, that aren't necessarily tied to like a broader narrative. It's like okay, I have. It's sort of like the pe- like you know your Terrarias or your Stardew Valleys where you have tasks, yeah. But just apply that to a shooter, right? And it's like okay, I have these things to do today to give me a little closer to this piece of loot that I want, yeah. And they're not necessarily hard. If you want to throw yourself at the hard ones, by all means, sure. And it's another situation where if you fail, there's not really repercussions, but feel free to give it a try. And we, you, me, you, and our friend Andrew. T- through tons of times like oh the house God. of wolves and got all that loot and like, Dude, all that stuff so much destiny one i uh, kind of forget sometimes how much we played I lo- that game. Uh, like uh, yeah the hour mark which i've never seen how much i've played of destiny would probably be like cartoonishly high yeah um because it's one of those things where this was for me when i lived in a dorm my freshman year of college i would come home and play destiny all the time yeah play like three or four hours of just doing random little tasks building up my armor customizing my look which i was moderately obsessed with getting different shaders all that sort of stuff um it's i mean we've talked about how destiny's story especially destiny one not supremely compelling but that's not what was compelling about the game right there are plenty of compelling things and the grind for your loot and your guns and getting to show those off in multiplayer and how effective they were was so much fun that i love the daily task idea Mm -hmm. i know it kind of takes not being invested in a lot of other games at the time sure. of release for you to be that into all of that. Luckily enough, 2014 was not the best year <laughs> for games. Right, yeah. uh, And bleeding into 2015, I had gotten enough investment into Destiny. Like, yep, yep this is what I'm doing. So, Honestly, you talking about it made me want to do Destiny again. I kind of miss it. I miss it, yeah. Because, like... Following the freaking, what was the... Witch Queen? yeah. I'll do it anytime. Me too. Me too. Let's just play Destiny at some point because uh, that does sound really fun. And another great thing about Destiny that is you can live in that world in so many ways. Yeah. Like, I love the multiplayer of Destiny because it reminds me of old school Halo multiplayer. And so, you know, we could do all the, you know, single day missions or whatever and be like, all right, let's 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 do like an hour or two of yeah. multiplayer. Why Crank not? Out some crucible. And you still get loot from it. Yeah. You get loot from everything. So everything feels productive. Yeah, that's a that's a great call. Um and and an amazing game. I kind of want I know that the Destiny 2 DLC approach is doing really well for them. Uh-huh. I think I would mark out for Destiny 3. Oh. I would be so excited. Me? Hell like, yeah, I would be. I just need another entry point. I just yeah. need like let me start again. I know that there are people who invested like it's a World of Warcraft thing where people have invested so much time that they would be pissed if they had to start again. But I wouldn't be. I've spent just enough time. You got enough I'm like, time. Yeah, I really want a Destiny three. No, I agree. And I had I have to think it's on the horizon. I would hope so. So I feel like they're always one DLC from being like this is the final Destiny two DLC, yeah. and then we're gonna get really excited. Uh, can I have another drink, please? If Last one. If there's one left, yeah. Uh, thank you. 
number five for me, I was thinking, you know, I was going through in my head. I was I was waiting for uh, my pickup order. I picked, mm. I ordered some uh, picked up some groceries. And oh, and I was in the car wash too. I washed my car today. But I was thinking, I'm like, like, do that afterwards. It's a good day to do it. I was thinking, like, what's a game that I just always have, right? Mm. What's a game that's always installed? So my number five entry is Rocket League. You'll hear about more. Yeah. From okay. Me. Well, we can talk about it then too. But it's it's one of those games that is literally always on every machine I own it yeah. on. It's always on installed on my hard drive. It's always installed on my PlayStation. The amount of times that you and I have been hanging out, and we both have our console. It's like. Well, place Rocket League. It's like yes, I there's do. No, I always it, want to play yeah. Rocket League with another person. Yeah, online. Oh. There is no more evergreen video game experience. Just about. It's so good. That may be one of the only games that I have platinumed and put probably more hours in after I platinumed yep. than before I did. That's a good way to put it. Like I don't need the trophy motivation. I just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. It's so 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 good. Uh, and I mean, kudos kudos to Psionics for just making one of. When I really sit and think about it, that game should rank higher on my all-time list than it does. It's so good. And again, you you made the point with Destiny of like, if you saw the hours you put into it, it'd probably be cartoonish. Across PC and PlayStation, I've probably put a thousand hours into Rocket League. I play it all the time and I love it. Mm -hmm. And again, I am just one suggestion away from being like, you want to play some Rocket League? It's like, yes, I do. I really do. I'll circle back to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because my number four is Spider-Man PS4. Mm. And, and I'm also going to include Miles Morales. Just to swing around? Um, just, I mean, good thing is, these games are not particularly hard. No. There are hard moments. There are good boss fights. Yeah. But even interspliced between all of the, you know, significant encounters, swinging around. Yep. Like, wh- <laughs> again, <laughs> I've I've sung the praises of these games, specifically that mechanic and how excited I was just to do that yeah. when this game came out, and I was blown away by how much they nailed that specific aspect. Um, and I said, arguably, it's better in Miles Morales. The mm. little flourishes are more interesting. Yeah. The music, the sort of trap beats under the classical music as you're just popping around the city in the yeah. snow. It's just so damn cool to swing around as Spider-Man that I couldn't not put it just for that mechanic alone somewhere sure. on this list. And, you know, with Spider-Man 2, not imminent per se, but on in the near future, sure. I, there's no doubt that I'm going to, you know, get oh. back into just doing that a whole bunch and hopefully, you know, integrating, because it looks like Spider-Man 2 is going to integrate Peter and Miles yeah. based on the trailers. Um, if the stylishness changes between the two of them, swinging around as oh. both of them, maybe getting the black suit. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, dude, this topic has made me more excited to go play video games than most topics have. It's so fun to talk about. Uh, And, you know, these are this is a great a great idea for a big topic, too, because it's it's almost celebrating games that you don't always celebrate. Sure. Like, you know, there are games that have higher highs than some of these games. But as far as just the overall feeling of like, man, I love playing video games. This is a really good topic. So kudos to you on on a, a really good big topic. But. Uh, another great thing to do in Spider-Man Miles Morales or any of the Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. but especially Miles Morales, is to just put on like '90s New York hip hop and swing around. It's so fun. It I, I can't overstate how fun that yeah. is. Throw Illmatic on and just be like, oh my god, dude. A blast. it's so good. Uh, we're on number four, right? That was my number four. So you're yes. number four. Uh, my number four, a game that again m- have installed mostly everywhere, mostly on PC, but I am just a suggestion away from starting a new playthrough of. 
don't starve. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I I find these sort of survival games very comforting in a yeah. weird way that it, you don't have to do a lot all at once. Mm. It's very it's it's close to a management game, but there is a little bit more stakes than just like you know a farm sim or something, um, which you know some people find very comforting. They're not my kind of thing, but like I mean like farming simulator, not like Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is my entry for those things. Like Minecraft we talked about earlier. Don't Starve to me is I have a little more personal connection with, even though I love Minecraft, uh, that it it's just a very... The art style is amazing. That game has aged beautifully because yeah, the art yeah. style is so unique and similar to like a Wind Waker or something. It's because it's that hand-drawn aesthetic that it looks just really great still. Uh, never got super into Don't Starve Together. I kind of like Don't Starve more as a single-player thing. Um, I think I would like together if I played with a fun group. I just, I, I've never really tried it too much. Uh, I just like it as sort of a, I'm going to build my farm. I'm going to try to survive as long as I can. I'm going to prepare for winter and probably die to the cold. And that's okay. Cause it's a, it's a great time. And the art style is beautiful to look at. And again, it's just that doing almost a minimal amount of things just to keep going one more day and get yeah. a better base and get a better farm and, and all that kind of stuff is, is my kind of thing. If I were a little better at Don't Starve, it might be on my mm. list because um, I love Don't Starve. It's so good, but it bordered, it ebbed a little onto the stressful side. Sure, for me it totally can. Yeah, I was never particularly good at surviving longer than a few days. And I will say, most of my memories and what I think of Don't Starve are early Don't Starve. They've added so much to yeah. that game that it's a little overwhelming to me now. So I usually just play vanilla. Yeah, but it's still great. My number three, a game that was one of the first games to come to mind definitely when I started thinking about this is Skyrim. Like mm, yeah. in terms of a game where 90% of the game is exploration, meeting odd sort of quirky people in random places. Yeah. Like you and the element of discovery cuz going back to 2011 when this game came out, I did not really understand what an open world RPG could be. Mm. And it's Sort of the same sort of revelatory experience that I had with Elden Ring and discovering these new areas. Sure. That was one of my first was like, there's a whole other town. There's a whole other. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't remember what they call them in the game, but like there's the reach, the rift, like the different yeah, yeah. big sort of biomes, geographical basically. areas in yeah. the game. I'm like, oh, I have a whole nother one of these that I have to explore. There's a cabin. Wonder who lives there. There's a cave. There's probably spiders in there. Let's not go in there. <laughs> How many Jarls are there? Yeah. There's like, well. Oh, yeah, there are. there's a Jarl for every district yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, just the pure exploration and sort of comical lack of stress on everybody's faces because it was obviously a yeah. you know, pretty early, you know, large entry into this genre. Like, you go to talk to people and it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, how can I be stressed with this man in a robe just sort of staring at me with no expression on his face? Yeah. Uh, even though Alduin is kind of scary, uh, yeah. he just kind of flies around. Like, you know, he just do his He's thing. Just I'll, I'll kill him later. You know, I got better things to do. I got mead to drink with this random eldritch god that's just posted up at this bar. Yeah. Like, that's just fun. Yeah. You know? It's great. Uh, so, yeah, the elements of discovery and minimalist gameplay mm. make Skyrim just a very zen world to live in. Yeah, so. there's a, I mean, I, you know, I sing, for me, that game is Fallout 3, but, like, the amount of times that I've started a Skyrim playthrough is kind of nuts of just yeah. like, 
I want to play like five hours of this game because mm. it's so it's so nice to just if you got nothing else going on, yeah, just commit a little time to Skyrim. It's so good, uh, and I, I think I because I, lo- I like I really love Fallout Three so much. I think I understate sometimes how much I really like Skyrim. Mm. Like I'm not a huge fantasy guy, but that game made me really like that world. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's one of those games that. Every now and then I think, like, should I start a Skyrim playthrough? It's like, no, nah, I have too much to play. If they though. remade that, whew. <laughs> like, from the ground up. Cash. I'll be dropping some cash. All right, number three. We teased it earlier. It's Peggle. Yep. Uh, maybe my ultimate just, <laughs> I got nothing to do. I'm going to play Peggle. Yeah. Uh, especially because, you know, Peggle 2, I think, is the best version of Peggle. Um, I don't know if there is a game announcement that is not going to happen that would excite me more than Peggle 3. That's kind of sad, but I don't care. It's amazing. Uh, the original the original trophy hunt for that game, getting that platinum, is one of the most fun trophy experiences I've ever had. Especially because that, again, a lot of it's tied to nostalgia comfort. But uh, that was when I was in the dorm and Andrew and I would literally, who we mentioned earlier, we talked about Destiny. Uh, he and I would pass the controller trying to beat the levels or get the score or whatever. Uh, experiences like that are so awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been a fan of Peggle since I was a kid. Like, my first real... My first real experiences with PC gaming were things like Medal of Honor and like Wolfenstein Enemy Territory and shit like that. But uh, after that, and when I was like playing my own games as opposed to playing a round of a multiplayer or something, yeah. I was like 9, 10, was your PopCap games, which I talked about earlier a little bit. Like Bejeweled, Zuma, those all have a special place in my heart. But I was always a Peggle guy. Between Peggle, Peggle Knights, Peggle Deluxe, like there are more games that people Peggle World of Warcraft. That's a thing. Don't know why. Um, but Peggle 2, I think, is still the, the one that I would come back to. And just something about the Pachinko gameplay, and it's it's so low stakes, but just enough of an intriguing mm-hmm. skill-based thing, especially when you when you pull in all the different masters, I think they're what they're called, yeah. the the people with all the different traits. Um, it's just, it's it's awesome. I love yeah. Peggle. We all, we're a Peggle household. We are, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, we sort of stated earlier, Again, a gameplay-centric game that you can kind of toot out of, you can throw a podcast on, yep. and whether you choose to play online, which is predominantly what I do these days. Yeah, same here. My main thing these days is throw on a podcast and go 1v1 people. Dude, 1v1 is fun it in is that game. It is so fun. Yeah. To me, I like the 1v1 because I'm just not having to think about, in an online format where I'm not communicating really with my teammates, Right. I don't really want to be thinking about what they're doing. Yeah, trying to predict their stuff. And it's such a good skill check, especially like you can do it in the ranked format or you can do it unranked, which is so low stakes and chill and yeah. fun. And I kind of crush most people in the unranked. Yeah. But then I go into ranked and then it becomes a lot more challenging. Yes. Um, But messing people up in that, throwing on a podcast, bouncing around, just like, not going to lie, love making people forfeit. One of the most satisfying things <laughs> it is, yeah. in games. And Running up it. the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. And in the unranked, it happens a lot because yeah. people don't really care. It doesn't tank your ranking overall or anything. Sure. Um, but in any regard, like I'm not like overly concerned about my ranking. So I don't care to hop into ranked mode whether I win or whether I lose. It's just a fun yeah. sort of let's see how good I can do situation. Right. And to be in a game like that that is so skill-based but not being overly concerned about how good you are, let's just – Let's just do it and see where we end up. Yeah. It's just very fun. Uh, it's so good. In terms of raw gameplay, one of the most innovative and unique games ever made. Yeah. like, And I don't think that that is much of an overstatement. No. So. Uh, something I just thought of, too. 
you know, we talk about all the time. I think, at least for me, yours might differ. I think if I had to pick, like, a moment in time in a game I was purely best at mm-hmm. from a multiplayer standpoint, yeah. it's probably The Last of Us. But number two for me was when I was doing a lot of Rocket League, uh, especially on PC. And I was I was decent at Rocket League for a long time, like, could kind of hold my own. And then I started doing 1v1s, and I got so much better. Yep. It's crazy. And, like, just that's a game... Where there's always, you know, we, we talk about how fun the gameplay is, but I think at least I need some sort of carrot dangling in front of me just a little bit. Yeah. And the carrot there isn't even, like, something you unlock. It's just getting a tiny bit better. Yeah. And, like, being able to do a little bit more on the court or be a little more versatile or be a better teammate or whatever. It feels like a real sport. Yeah, it does. Like, it doesn't, it feels like you're actively getting better at a real sport and that is the reward. Yes. You're right. Like, I think... You know, as much as I love, and we'll, we'll talk about them in a second. Actually, I think it's my next entry, so we can talk about it now. But, like, as much as I love sports games, I think no sports game feels as much like playing an actual sport as Rocket League does. Mm-hmm. Like, Rocket League feels like the most... That is the truest definition of an eSport to me. Yep. Uh, because it is... And, like, the only eSport I've ever watched full, like, tournaments of is Rocket League. Yeah. Because when you see people who are really skilled at that game, it is like watching so professional impressive. athletes. It's insane. Um, and we are just beaming talking about it. That's how game. That's how great that game is. Uh, number two for me, sort of a broad one, but I'll narrow it down. Most NBA games, uh, whether it's 2K, like 2K22, which was my most played game of last year, yeah. or 2K14, one of my most played games ever, again in the dorm, or uh, even more likely, as far as a comforting thing, I'm going to boot up a new playthrough of NBA Street, yep. and I'm going to do pretty much all of it because those games are, are pretty short doing like or as much as I can of like the the rec league kind of mm-hmm. stuff uh or even going back even further one of the game one of the other games I played on the way back was NBA Jam yeah because I just love I mean I love basketball and that's a big part of it but I love the way NBA games play I really like arcade NBA games even something like the newer 2k ones there are so many different modes you can explore playing against a computer playing online I'm not a huge online guy uh in basketball games because I just I don't with 2K now, it's a lot of people just, like, dribbling around and then shooting a three, and that's not super fun for me. Um, and, like, computer is a little bit more strategic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with, like, the My Team stuff, you can unlock cards that unlock better players, and there's always that carrot dangling in front of you. But each experience is so low stakes, um, and then NBA Street is just super fun and arcade Same for NBA Jam. Uh, I just – it's similar to your golf thing where it's, like, yeah. basketball is probably my favorite sport to play – and, uh, like, I love watching football and Madden's up there, too, but I, I definitely like playing NBA games more than football games. And uh, it's something I've been playing since I was a kid and will probably play in perpetuity forever mm-hmm. because I just love the experience of a good basketball yeah, game. Yeah, every few years or every couple of years, he's just like, let's get the new one. Let's yep. go back in. Yep. So, my number one. All right. Was one of your honorable mentions. Oh, Pokemon Gen 1 through 4. Yeah, dude. Uh, and that's where I've narrowed it down to because... I've played Black and White. I've played X and Y. I've played uh, Sun and Moon. I've played one of each of these gen sure, entries, yeah, yeah. whichever. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone further than that. That's as new as I've gotten. Mm. Uh, and I love Pokemon, but I have not played the most recent because there was a point at which I was like, okay, they're introducing some new mechanics. Like Things are not what I remember them to be. And what I remember them to be are these four generations. Yeah. Namely, you mentioned Fire Red. Yeah. Fire Red. Ruby and Sapphire, Emerald. To this day, I have never played uh, the Crystal or uh, 
gold and silver yeah. and I want to and oh, I probably dude. will heart and, gold is so good yeah, uh, if it didn't cost $250 <laughs> at the resale store I'd go buy it right now you have a PC I'll hook you up that's true I will do it that way yeah um, but there was if I when I was thinking of comfort games mm. there was no more specific moment that rang true than that little chip tune walking <laughs> through a route <laughs> yeah like route 2 in fire red or whatever and it's just yeah. like whatever and just exploring and going through the grass having random battles that you know pokemon is not particularly difficult no. if you know anything about what's going on <laughs> right 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 it's rock paper scissors yeah and you know having not that much strategy involved in being able to win battles but the creation of your team is so interesting and it's always unique yep i've never probably had the same team twice yep um, and yeah, just the, again, the exploration, oh, I'm coming up on a new gym. What's it going to be like coming up on a new town? You know, it's weird to me to feel like I have the same level of explorative discovery, you know, enchantment that I have in these big 3d games Yeah. in a 2d game. Yeah. But growing up, that is what I had in these Pokemon games. And to this day, you know, I'm excited. I, if I didn't want to drag, if I wanted to drag my Switch back out, I would be so excited for Violet and Scarlet because yeah. I just want that experience again. But I don't think there's anything wrong with going back and having these wholly unique experiences through each gameplay, you know, trial uh, every time. So my eternal love lies with the Pokemon series, and I'm excited. I'm a little annoyed that my nephews like the cards more than the games. Oh, interesting. A little bit. And honestly, they're just like, how much is this card worth? Oh, yeah. They ask me that question a lot. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. Here's <laughs> let's the play cartridge. The video game. <laughs> Put it in your game thing and let's play it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, my undying love for the series. Yeah, I'm hopeful that, because like you said, uh, Sword and Shield were, they were fine. Yeah. They weren't Pokemon to me. Sure. And I hope that the new ones are a little more return to form. But honestly, you may really love, and I've only scratched the surface with it, but Pokemon Unbound. I was thinking you about it. You may love the ROM hack side, because that is basically just a new story and a new gameplay like system, but in the Fire Red engine. Yeah. So it's all just like, I'm not a huge ROM hack guy, but I think the two people that, or the two, sorry, the two franchises that people always sing the praises of with ROM hacks are Mario games and Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Because it's more of the same, just new levels and new ideas and, and all that. And Unbound is is really, really good from what yeah. I've, I've played only about an hour, but I do want to play more of it. Um, my number one, uh, probably the franchise, if I had to if I had to bet, that I've spent the most hours in, uh, Civilization. I'm, Civilization 5, Civ 6, whatever. Um, going back in the day, Civ 4 and Civ 3, I've probably played all of the Civs except for maybe Civ 1. Mm-hmm. But... Again, talking about earlier, my like first entry into PC gaming, you know, was the Medal of Honor games, was Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, but the first game I really remember playing was Civ Two. Sure, uh, I love the Civ games. I'm not a huge like turn-based strategy guy, but the whole world history appeal of Civ is so massive. Yeah, and it's such a it's another one of those games, right? Where you're talking about like with Destiny. Or with some of the other games we've mentioned, like you can just kind of throw yourself at it a hundred times. Civ and like Don't Starve and like a lot of the other games, it's basically just your playthrough is a couple sittings, mm-hmm. but you can keep playing through it and try new strategies and try new ideas. It's you know 
it's probably the closest to video game chess, but just on a large scale or one of the closest things that I've played. And you can always try a new leader and you can always try a new strategy or maybe, you know, try a new difficulty or whatever. But I, I forget sometimes how much I love Civ until there's a day where I really want to play Civ and then I lose 10 hours. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those games that you're just like, I'll play another day. Why not? And then you're like, oh my God, I need to eat. Like, it's it's one of those games and I, I will always have a, a rich love of, of Civ because of the amount of time I've always put into it. Yeah. I respect the hell out of Civ. I've played it a smidge. I feel like there might be one day in the future where it just cracks open for me. And yeah. I, but, you know, so I, again, it's one of those, it's on sort of my periphery at all times. Sure. One of these days, who knows? Maybe you'll never see me again. <laughs> you'll just stay inside. <laughs> well, that is it for our lists of our most comforting games. Yeah, that was so great. If you're in need of some comfort, maybe this sparked a little bit of inspiration. Tanner, do you have a recommendation well, for this week? I was just going to say, uh, Rick, t- tell us what your most comforting games are. Because oh, I, yes. lo- I would actually love okay. to see what people's are. That's our recommendation to you. Uh, no, but uh, my recommendation, hmm, we've talked about a lot of games today. We have. But, Mine is not. A, my, we're going again. Very tertiary. Oh here no. For me. Okay. Uh, I think I can now. I think one of my recommends. I think maybe last official episode because we didn't do Rex at the end of the Xbox thing. Right. Uh, was that you shouldn't buy a game until the PlayStation Plus comes out. I can officially recommend PlayStation mm. Plus, the new version. Mm. Now I thought about this actually because um, I I looked at the the catalog and it's interesting because. You and I are invested enough into PlayStation that we have played most of the big titles there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, games like Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War, those are amazing games, Bloodborne, but we've already played them. I was really curious where my downloads were going to fall. And my downloads are almost exclusively in the middle ground. Yeah, It's like indies or maybe like a Trials game I didn't play because mm-hmm. they got the Ubisoft thing. I really want Immortals Phoenix Rising to come to Plus, and it's not yet. That'd be a... I want I that game on there that. so right. bad because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to buy it, but I want to play it. Uh, like, you know, there are so many smaller experiences. The Messenger, uh, Blood, uh, what's it called? It's not Bloodstained. Is that what it's called? That is a game. The Castlevania. Yeah. Bloodstained Curse of the Night. Yeah. Um, like those Sundered is on there now. Like there's Blasphemous. Those kinds of games that I've always wanted to try, but, you know, you don't want to spend $20 on every game. Mm. Those are now the games that I can play. Similar to Game Pass, actually. Outside of like Halo and Forza, most of my Game Pass plays are smaller games, and it's got that same appeal to me. Now, I'm curious if they'll support it as long as Game sure. Pass has supported uh, or Xbox has supported Game Pass. But for right now, there's a plethora of games I want to try and can officially recommend going for it now. I was excited to see that I technically have premium paid up through next March. So yeah, I'm I have good it for 2024. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. Uh, my recommendation circles back to the very beginning, and I love a good loop. Okay, you know, close it off. Yeah, because I talked about the heat wave that was going on and how <laughs> dramatic. Drink. I like this beverage because it's so hot yeah. uh, in our neck of the woods right now. Yeah, sometimes when I'm playing. <laughs> Here's the only way that I'm going to be able to relate this to games. Okay. Sometimes when I'm playing games and it's hot. Yeah. You know, my hands, they get a little sweaty. Okay. So, I need to stay cool. Right. So, my recommendation is evaporative cooling units. What? These are like little tabletop air conditioners. And the way they work is basically they blow air at you and they evaporate you pour water into them. Yeah. And then they <laughs> like evaporate. a dehumidifier. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And they sort of blow air and it cools as the evaporation happens. Sure. So 
for my birthday, which was a couple weeks ago, um, my parents were like, hey, we're... Uh, I was playing golf with my dad that day. He's like, why don't I get you a new pair of golf shoes and stuff? And like, Actually, wait, real golf or everybody's golf? Real golf. <laughs> I knew. I just, it was fun. My dad doesn't even know what everybody's golf is. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, he all golf here's your new golf, golf shoes. I'll get you a sweatshirt too. I thought that was my birthday present. Okay. I have a little birthday gathering with my family. Yeah. And there's a box and it has pink unicorn wrapping paper. Hell yeah. That's it. And I was like... I thought my birth. I thought th- I thought I already got a birthday present. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of these. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is just funny because they know that I'm like, I need it to be cold. Yeah, you're hot nature. I'm very hot nature. Me too. So I was like, okay, cool. But then I set it up the other night. I was going double air conditioner in my room. I've got a window <laughs> unit and I've got that thing. Wow. And boy, howdy, <laughs> where my recliner is in my room where I play games. Much better uh, <laughs> airflow with the addition of this thing. This is one of the most bizarre recommendations I've ever heard. Look, all what, I've been what? playing is everybody's golf, <laughs> and I already recommended it. I couldn't think of anything else, so I had to go deep down the well for that one. Oh, uh, uh, that's funny. So, uh, what brand is it? What, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is what it is. And it is an evaporative cooling unit. There are multiple (laughs) brands out there. Feel free to explore if you need a relatively low-cost way to cool about a (laughs) four-by-four-foot space. Because they're only like this big. But in addition to a real air conditioner, it helps. <laughs> so our recommends are PlayStation Plus and whatever this fucking and thing an air is conditioner, called. Kinda. Not technically an air conditioner, but it's an evaporated cooling oh, miniature AC unit. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. It also has like RGB lights on it, which is kind of oh, cool. Oh, cool. It's a gamer <laughs> thing. There you go. Gamer cooling. That's that's what you need. Gamer cooling, <laughs> get you a little mini evaporative cooling unit. Oh, that's fucking funny. That dude. is funny, you know. All right. <laughs> so, if you made it this far, I hope you enjoyed the laugh. Yeah. Oh shit. So, a lot of news. <laughs> Summer Games Fest going on. Maybe got a direct coming up. And who knows? We'll catch you with all the news from that going forward. But until then, we're tapping out.